Hello and welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky, Yerky Boys. Boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How are you yeah. doing today, John? <laughs> Listen, I would just like to formally apologize to, to, to you and all the listeners uh, because last week we had some audio issues and I I think we fixed them, but my audio was not up to snuff and that may have reflected poorly on me <laughs> since I, I was maybe a little uh, justifiably ornery last week. <laughs> But uh, I, the the two things together may have given the listeners a, a a less than positive picture of who I am, and I don't want that to be the takeaway from this podcast. I want people to know that I am a good, beautiful person with a warm soul. Right, right. And John, today, Jonathan the Magnificent. <laughs> That's what they call me. And today I have eaten a salad. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm having some coffee now. So I'm in a good headspace. Oh, excellent. I'm glad to hear that. So I'm really excited to put the past behind (laughs) us and move on to a bigger and brighter future in the form of today's book and all future discussions. Right. Uh, now, me, I, my audio quality is going to continue to be at this level, and I'm going to be a piece of shit who just got out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, a... that, yours is yours is great. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yours is great. Yours is yeah. fantastic. Well, thank how are, you. How are you, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, re- I remembered yeah. I'm supposed to ask yeah. that back when someone oh. says it. I, yeah, I, that was more just uh, kicking it off because I, I kind of had a feeling you wanted to do maybe a little apology. You really are uh, very intuitive, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it wasn't that hard. You, you seemed pretty <laughs> upset about it. I was upset. But no, now I mean it's it behind make, us. It's behind us now. We don't have to worry about it now. It, the the, oh. the important thing is it happened on a book that wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, what will people do if they can't hear about their skunks in high quality? I mean, I, I, I ho- hopefully I'm saying this now after the fact, because hopefully people will just listen to it and not even notice. Like, yeah. and, and I wouldn't want to say it, you know, I don't, it wasn't so bad that I, I wanted to like warn people in the beginning, cause I feel like there's a chance yeah. that maybe they would just look past it. If you're listening on your phone or in the car or something, it might not even occur to you. Yeah. I mean, listen, I wouldn't, I like, I, I probably would have like made a quick mental note and then I would have forgotten all about it. Like I listened to it and it just wasn't a big deal to me, but yeah, I don't. I I can't speak for everybody. Well, now that we've made it a big deal, right. we can move on. We, it'll and it'll never come up again. Now, I actually did have something that I wanted to bring up from last book before we move into this book. It's it's uh, not about the podcast, and it's also not meaningful here. But it's something that I forgot to do, uh, which was last time the dedication page 
said oh. that the book was dedicated to uh, <laughs> oh, Alexander no. and someone named Max Leach with two X's on the Max. <laughs> now, <laughs> I did not look up who these two people are. I think I used that in my drain once. <laughs> I, <laughs> I cannot help but think if Visser 3's human morph, right? It, like, let's say he was running in local politics and he needed a name. I, I feel like Max Leach is just the perfect over-the-top supervillain type name for him to go by here. Max Leach, yeah. Maybe that's a little a, a little nod, a subtle nod from the Animorphs. Like, we know you're reading this, Max Leach. Mm, yeah, could be. Because they're writing these dedications, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I was confused. Like, why doesn't it say Marco on the front cover? That's true. Yeah. The Android by who's this Applegate per Marco Applegate? Thought he couldn't tell us that. Yeah, it's really it's kind of a contradictory. It's kind of messing with the fiction there, but that's okay. Well, I'm glad that we so did you figure out who these people are? I thought that was No, no, I I didn't I didn't look that up. I just oh. saw Max Leach and was like, this has to be commented on. Okay. Yeah, that was my mission at first and then I didn't bother. Okay, great. So, well, what are, are we going to get the dedication on this book? I mean, we're not there yet, obviously. We have I, we have at least I, 20 minutes before the dedication. Page. We actually do have to. Uh, the, the dedication on this book is is to the regular people and um, Eric King, who we do have to talk oh, about. I just, I just read. I, I've got the Seropedia open here mm-hmm. at, now that we know what that is. And yes. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about this because I, ju- I just glanced at that and it <laughs> maybe cleared some things up for me. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, I think it was book four. There was like a thing on the cover that said there's a contest to get your name in an Animorphs book, right? Yeah. Um, but that, con- yeah. Uh, but that contest uh, had a winner and the winner was Eric King. And so he got to be, he, there's a character in this book named after him. Named after uh, him. Named after him, and he's a real person, I guess, uh, who won the contest. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, I, I don't, not too many spoilers, but like, I, I just want people to keep in mind, imagine that you were an, a fan of this series, and you won a contest, and you expect, okay, some, some character is going to get named after me. There's probably going to be, like, if this was a TV show, and there was like a... Like episode of the week. Oh, you get to be on the show, and then you're on for ten seconds. You're That's either Juan or I'm Terry, <laughs> right? You're either Juan or Terry. That's what I would have been expecting. I just want you to keep that expectation in mind as we see what was done with Eric King in this book. I think. <laughs> yeah, let's also point out that Eric is spelled E R E K. Yes. This is not a spelling of Eric I have ever seen before in my life. <laughs> this is the only place I've ever seen it. So so I don't know if this is uh, like from a specific country or, or ethnicity or if Eric's parents were just very creative or what. But Yeah, no idea. This is like when, you know, millennials name their kids like Jaden with an X in their whatever <laughs> Zoomer name bullshit they come up with. God, I hate those millennials. I'm so glad millennials don't listen to this. <laughs> Zoomers only here. If you don't That's know about right. TikTok dances, get the fuck out. That's right. We're all about that. Um, Riz is the new thing now, I guess. Oh, yeah. W Riz uh, AF. Here. No cap. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, also... The cover of this one, 
has yeah. a new Marco model, um, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about. But so <laughs> I, as a kid, I knew about the Eric King thing and I knew about the new Marco model thing. And, but somehow those two things got conflated in my head. And so for a long time as a child, I thought somehow that this kid on the front cover was what Eric looked like. And so in the books, I picture him as looking like this. And so he basically just kind of looks like Marco again in my head. <laughs> That's why that, things like that happen. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense because Eric doesn't um, turn into a spider. Spoilers, Marco turns into a spider on the cover of this book. But <laughs> Spoilers. I, on the, it's on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah what do you want? No, it's a, you're right. It's a spoiler. You were right. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, uh, is that, did you ever, uh, like when I was a kid, a lot of, I feel like I would sometimes picture the people in books as like people I knew or, or like characters from TV shows, not, not even like consciously, just like, I mean, I, like the, uh, a cartoon character would pop up in that position for some reason. <laughs> yeah. That, that happened on occasion. Uh, definitely. I, I told you earlier, didn't I, about how I imagined uh, Tobias is looking like Iago for a while from Aladdin? I, I don't recall this. I think I said this in book three because he's because they're both red birds. And so in my head, there was like a period of time. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like it. Yeah. There, there, there's a there's a kid I went to summer camp with who I think I, is still Ron Weasley to me forever. <laughs> Wait, so you imagine this real kid at summer camp? Oh, I see. When you read Harry Potter, you imagined him as the kid at summer camp. I think okay. he was the only like red-haired person I ever met. <laughs> it's like that's what <laughs> that's the picture that was in my head. Okay, okay. That makes sense to me. I'm sure I had it for for animorphs too, but I I don't, I can't remember any, they're, they're, they're pretty specific in the descriptions of these. Plus they're on the covers, So that kind of helps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the, the short hair thing. I mean, are we going to talk about the, the model specifically, or do you want to talk about that later? Um, I mean, we might as well just bring it up now. Cause it's going to be like a, uh, maybe not a running gag in the book, but the running gag for the first, like third it's a jogging book. gag at the least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they got. Do you do you remember the specific details of this? But ba- basically, what happened was they got a new Marco model, but the new Marco model for the covers had short hair, and Marco has long hair. So in the books, they have him get a haircut to match. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's more details to it, but I'm I don't quite remember. I that thought one. it was also. Um, it doesn't say it here on Seropedia. That sounds like that is the whole thing. But for some reason, in my head, I thought maybe. Tobias like also had somewhat longer hair and they were like we shouldn't maybe I just made that up no I think that was you brought that up earlier I think that was like Tobias uh, um was supposed to be blonde and then they made him right blonde browner yeah I I guess I that was my own speculation where I was thinking maybe they were like I mean I I, Tobias's hair I guess wasn't as long as Marco's but I thought maybe they didn't want to have two kids with longer hair or something. Mm. Yeah, no, Marco had like actual like long hair. He did a thing in um book 5 or something where he uh was like hiding his like full on like 90s headphones under his hair or something in class. <laughs> yeah, when you look at him on that gorilla book, he was definitely he had yeah. like shoulder length hair pretty much or yeah, neck yeah. length, I don't know. 
I don't know what length hair is. <laughs> That's that that knowledge is lost to me to the ages. Uh, the, I mean, I don't I don't know where to start. I have so many things to say before we even open chapter one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what uh, what do you want to say before we uh, begin on this here? Well, uh, okay. First, I guess the cover itself. Uh huh. It, you know, it's a it's another good. <laughs> there's a horrible half spider, half Marco. Oh yeah, I like it because his uh, his arms go out. I like the way he's kind of got this big, I don't know, caveman looking posture as he's turning <laughs> into the spider, and that works well with the pedipalps turning coming out of his chin. Don't say that word, please. Kind of like again. a Thanos looking face in the middle here. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's all so strange. Also, seeing the kid on this cover is just a baby. Like you know, reading these books, I know they're mm-hmm. young, but the the things that they endure are so adult. And then you just look at this face that looks like a toddler. This is like yeah. a little first grader. This boy, <laughs> like I I don't even think that boy is thirteen. That looks like a nine year old to me. I really can't tell at that point. <laughs> They're all kids. Um, then we've got the, and by the way, the. I, I mean, I think I tried to, I think all the covers are kind of like this. And I sort of tried to mimic that for our logo for the podcast. But this this book specifically kind of evokes the our logo's background. Just like orange mm. clouds is basically <laughs> what that is. Yeah, uh, yeah. The quote here, <laughs> fear has a new name, dot, dot, dot dot there's actually four dots yeah there's always four dots i took note of that <laughs> yerk <laughs> you thought you thought that quote was finished but no they're they're like fear is a new name we're gonna tell you what it is it's yerk yeah I, it's not that new at this point this is the 10th book <laughs> it's also just i mean that's that's a that's a pretty dumb one is there an inside quote i thought there was usually another quote on the there inside. is it's along came a spider Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> great. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now th- this, this is just, again, I'm I'm sorry, I'm on the Seropedia, but, mm-hmm. but I was confused by this little, it says here at the top, I mean, I don't know if I'm misunderstanding or misremembering this. It says that this is the third book narrated by Marco. Okay. Because. Because of Megamorphs. Megamorphs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it says, and his first book as sole narrator. Was there another narrator in the his the other Marco book besides him? What's that no referring way. to? I don't understand why it says that. No, no, we just read that. That definitely wasn't. We would have said something. <laughs> what What is the What was the first Marco book called? Which one was that? Uh, the Predator. The Predator. Let me. I'm gonna see if uh, if if I go to the predator because they list all the narrators. You know, it just says yeah. narc Marco in the description. Narco, nar, nar, freaking narco. <laughs> yeah, narcos. Ooh, they should make a parody of narcos, the Netflix show called Marcos. Hmm, that could be the Animorphs TV show that everyone's been clamoring for. <laughs> anyway, I don't. I, yeah, so I, that must be a mistake. I don't know why it says that. That was confusing to me. Yeah, Seropedia editors, please listen to our podcast. We'll whip you into shape. For real. Uh, and finally, also, I just want to say this came out August 97, which means it was our birthday book. Aw, a birthday book. <laughs> it's That's a birthday nice. book. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Ready to All move right. on. 
to the dedication uh, page. <laughs> yeah, the, we don't need that. We because dedication oh, page you already oh, talked we about did that. Right, 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 right. Sorry, sorry. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead then. Uh, <laughs> beginning this book. Uh, before we even start on this plot, I love Marco's <laughs> intro to this book. Yeah. Right. This is one of the best ones yet, I yeah. think. Or he just comes in and says, people call me Marco the Magnificent, Marvelous Marco, the Amazing Marco, and of course all the girls just call me Gorgeous. <laughs> and he was. goes on like this for about a full page, basically. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. For first page of the book, and I was like, I was, I had a big grin on my face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was having a good time. I was like, I'm in good hands. Marco's back at the helm. That's right. That's this right. is what I'm here for, baby. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving. I'm. I'm loving just talking about sh- his hairdresser, Sharice. Sharice, the hairdresser. <laughs> his That's right. Sharice. He says. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said. Apparently, she told him now that he got his haircut, his cuteness quotient has risen from a nine to a definite ten. <laughs> yeah, and that cuteness. I'm going to bring that up later because there's some deeper meaning there. I discovered mm. in this book. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm interested yeah. in this profound analysis you have about yeah. the cuteness. Oh, you're going to like it. You're going to like the cute analysis. <laughs> you probably you probably picked up on it too. I, okay. I don't know. Okay, okay. We'll see. I'm well, I'm 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 excited to hear what you have to say. Uh so the intro to this book, uh Marco and Jake are going to sneak into a concert as dogs. Um, now Jake is all like, Marco, we can't do that. Cause that's more, but you know, he wants to do it. So he's like, well, you know, uh, if you're going to do it anyway, then I, I guess I got to come along to, you know, watch your back. So, um, they morph dogs, they go to this concert, they run around, they do a whole bunch of dog shenanigans. Uh, and as they're running around, they, they notice this kid who used to go to their school, Eric from the contest ah! and He's passing out flyers for the sharing. Uh-oh. Uh, but he doesn't smell. <gasps> you know. <laughs> and this is crazy for a dog, right? Yeah, he doesn't have any smell. Like, he doesn't, yeah, any like he smell doesn't at smell. All. Yeah, like, there's no odor. <laughs> right, no odor at all. You know, and, and there should be. So I don't know <laughs> how much you have to say about this concert scene. Yeah, well, uh, I mean... This is a pretty good concert. I mean, mm. we, I think we might as well mention now who's who's performing at this oh, concert. Oh, yeah, please do. It's uh, Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> right. Alanis Morissette. <laughs> right. And The Offspring. Yeah, that's right. What a, a triple header. <laughs> what in, in what world? <laughs> this is... What's the modern equivalent of this? It's like if I said, yeah, I'm going to a, a, a concert. It's like Chance the Rapper and uh, Beyonce and the White Stripes or something. Like, it's, it doesn't make sense. I asked I asked my kid, what, what bands are popular these days? And just put them in. And like, it's not like a, you know, it's not like Coachella or something. Like, why are there three bands sharing one evening? Yeah. And, and it's, it's so, Marco, when he's describing the people at the concert, you know, he's like, oh, there's like hippies and deadheads. There's also like punk rockers with like wild hair. There's also, you know, the like suburbanite parents or whatever. Like, what is this concert? 
concert. This is just what kids imagine a concert is like, I guess, That's before true, they can yeah. go to it. Every every concert trope is all there because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all of them. Now, Marco does joke that maybe Alanis may be a controller. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it's his responsibility to find out. I did wonder what some uh, what some of her songs might sound like if she indeed were a controller. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What what might they sound I mean, like? What if what she was like? I want to know. <laughs> Cause I got one yerk in my noggin. Uh huh. Uh huh. And the other is <laughs> in a pool. <laughs> That's a really good song. Yeah, it could be something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You never any, know. You have any others? <laughs> well, I mean, imagine, imagine, uh-huh. for instance, if right. she, if um, you were mm-hmm. like, man, I, I feel like there's something <laughs> weird in my head, and I don't have control of my thoughts. I don't know why. Alanis might be like, you got a yerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> a little. She, she might be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She I mean, might. listen. If she is a controller, then we uh, ought to know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, cool. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, also, there's some. There's some. There's some good. Yeah, like you said, the dog shenanigans. I thought Marco's getting kind of freaky. Like, yeah, he's like this girl's. He's letting this girl pet him while her boyfriend watches, and he's he's like mm-hmm. into it. <laughs> oh yeah, he's into it. Yeah, Marco uh, acquires an Irish setter because, as he says, girls love Irish setters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does say the <laughs> part. Yeah, it's his evil laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I also was a little bit concerned because I felt like. Do- a dog's ears could get damaged at a concert without protection. Yeah, that's probably true. But I guess they morph back and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's fine. And Does I don't know, mean, I know if they went all the way in even. If you had like tinnitus or something, <laughs> if you morph in and out, does it clear up? Potentially. It, potentially. But like, what about, what if, what about like a virus, like a disease? Yeah, disease I'm not so sure about, but if you have, like, long-term damage to your body from before you started morphing, and it's not genetic, if it's the result of an injury, you can just fix it by gaining morphing powers. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. All right. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's all I got to say. <laughs> okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, they're they're all together. Uh, trying to figure out, like, what is going on with this kid, uh, Eric, um, who doesn't smell. What's going on? And they're all, they're, they're all, like, finding, because they're like, oh, he doesn't go to our school anymore. He transferred out. We got to find him. So they're all, like, trying to figure out these increasingly complicated ways. Uh, and Cassie's like, oh, well, we could look him up in the phone book. So, okay, sure. <laughs> um... So they find six different kings it could be, and uh, Marco and Cassie and Tobias spend the night uh, scoping them out to find him, um, because Jake has a paper due, uh, and Rachel's got something with her dad. Next day, uh, we don't get to see them do this. We we immediately smash cut to the next day where Jake is, like, talking to Marco in the cafeteria, right? And, um... 
Marco is trying to write the same paper that Jake did. There's like a lot of running jokes or not running, but a lot of jokes about, uh, you know, how Marco is being irresponsible in this paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, he, they did find him and they did find his house. So, you know, Tobias has been spying him out. We also find out that Eric was at Marco's mom's funeral. Um, which apparently a number of kids did, which is kind of weird to me, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like just like a little note that he was there. Um, so after school, Marco and Tobias fly out to Eric's house and, um, they see Eric walking home and some bullies are chasing him and Eric trips and gets hit by a bus. Um, <laughs> But when he gets hit by the bus for a split second, he, like, flickers, and they see he's some kind of, like, robot or something, and then he's back. So. <laughs> this is a lot of things have just happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure where to break up these points, so I figured let's just get to the point where Eric's some kind of robot, and uh, we can talk about all the talking they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love to talk about all the talking that they did. I mean, there's uh, some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's some good stuff as all. I mean, Marco has his funny little observations and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, his, you know, his usual personal introductions of all the other characters, which I did. He's almost making fun of the other Animorphs books sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I think is funny and it works because you have those other books that aren't as funny. <laughs> like if, if, if every book was a Marco book, it I don't think it would play as well. It's probably true, yeah. It's, it's a it's a good contrast. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I was wondering why they don't just look Eric up on Facebook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Feels like that would be a simple way to track him down. Now, notably, uh, notably, uh, they do have Axe. They they someone suggests that maybe Axe can quote tap into the internet and get past all the security buffers and locate him, unquote. <laughs> yeah, how does that work? <laughs> well, what clearly, does that mean? So, clearly, K.A. Applegate doesn't know how the internet works either at this point in time, so. <laughs> like, everyone, like, once the internet existed, all of us were just on there already, somehow, somewhere Maybe in there. Maybe she means, like, we're hacking into school records or something. Sure, because I'm sure the school has all their records yeah. <laughs> online in 97. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, now, let's, let's talk a little bit about this paper. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to talk about this paper. I love this paper. <laughs> Marco, uh, you know, I, I, I really relate to him in this book because I also really don't like school or doing work. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also would do all of my work at the very last minute, as we've discussed, off pod. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is a cool way to say, just like in real life. <laughs> Like a yeah. normal person. <laughs> it's a little cooler than saying IRL. Yeah, yeah, off pod. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now we're on pod. Lame. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, there is a little... Uh, th they kind of skirt around a couple of swear words in this book. Mm. They mention they th bull a couple times. They do, yeah. Total bull. Yeah, <laughs> use of total bull in writing a paper or whatever he said. And my favorite thing uh is the title he comes up with for his paper which marco is writing before he has a subject 
Yes, in at lunch before the subject. Yeah. Oh yeah, understand. or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, he does not have a subject a topic for the paper. Yes. What is the what is this assignment? Like I don't know what is an English paper that you are to write a paper but we we didn't assign you the the topic? Like what I don't understand. I mean, this is a middle school paper. There were a lot of times in middle school where they would say something like, write a paper about, like, vague generic statement, and you could just kind of pick anything or something. I don't know if I ever had that. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like it, would, it could be, like, you know, choose a topic, like, in this category or, like, mm-hmm. on, a, on a book of your choice or something. But it's just, like, I don't know. They just said, write a paper. <laughs> I'm just gonna... <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the title he comes up with for it is, the use of rhetoric to obscure a lack of content, which I yeah. think could be the subtitle for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I like it. I love it. <laughs> it could be the subtitle for most podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it could be the subtitle for a lot of things in life. Yeah. It's a nice it's a nice phrase. One of the best skills you can have. And I I should I, it doesn't hasn't happened yet, but I should point out that despite finishing this, Marco says yet. approximately nine seconds before it's due. Uh, Marco gets a B on this paper. Yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> That's Mar- pretty pretty damn good. <laughs> well, honestly, clearly Marco is smart because even that phrase I just said is honestly a pretty great phrase for especially is, for a thirteen year old. It is quite good. Yeah, the use of rhetoric to obscure a lack of content. I mean, you could you could probably bullshit enough to get a B on that if he can write. If he if he's good at writing rhetoric, he's good at that. It's not just a concept. He's yeah. mastered the art. That's true. He's three pages in, doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, imagine if Marco had Chat GPT. Wow, <laughs> he'd be a living on easy street. He should get axed to uh, make a Chat GPT for him. <laughs> Yeah, really. Have to do homework. Why doesn't he just ask Axe and be like, "It's a human game. You have to solve this these math yeah, problems for that's me." Right. <laughs> yeah, you could do. Yeah, the problem is that Axe would turn in a thing with like, uh, you know, he would be doing like hyper calculus or something to solve two plus two. <laughs> that's fine. He'd just get Goodwill Hunting again, and it would be all work out. <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay, now I I agree with what you were saying about Eric at at Marco's mom's funeral. I, it, they, like they kind of explained it later, but the fact that they mentioned other kids went too. I, maybe it's just a small town, and no, but it's not a small town. It's freaking it's L.A. Yeah, or like, something. <laughs> I, I guess I could because they're all in his class and they're trying to support their class, but it's just weird. I wouldn't have gone to my classmate's mom's funeral. Yeah, not like it's not like his friends, just some yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, and, and like that is kind of the, like it's not, it's not like Eric was his close friend. They just knew each other, and so I think she didn't want it to be like that weird. Like you know, you wouldn't be like, why was he there until right this very moment? You know, because everybody was there or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't strange. know. Strange. It, it is just strange they threw in the detail about other kids. <laughs> it would make it would be fine if it was just Eric, but yeah, yeah, I I, I could, but yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe it would be too suspicious if it had just been him and you'd be asking, why has Marco never asked this question before? But yeah, yeah, it would be weird to be suspicious of this character who we introduced as giving out the sharing pamphlets. (laughs) Well, but I mean, like the fact that Marco hadn't been suspicious of him before. Right. Mm. You'd be like, why is it the sharing pamphlet? Why weren't you Mm. always wondering this or something? Okay. Okay. I don't know. He doesn't like priests, this guy. (laughs) We know that. 
It says it says at the oh, yeah. funeral he was shaking his head side to side, disagreeing with everything the priest said. <laughs> that's I, that's I, how I usually act in church. <laughs> I still, even with the later reveals, I'm not totally sure I understand that behavior. But well, I, I guess they just don't agree with <laughs> our religion. <laughs> No, I think there's something, whatever. Maybe I'm missing something. You can tell me later. Well, we'll talk about it when there's reveals, I guess. But yeah. uh, there's also a scene in here where uh, Marco almost gets killed by Peregrine Falcon when he's out with Tobias. Um, like, mm-hmm. he, he and Tobias are flying along, and uh, Tobias is like, oh, by the way, you need to dodge in, like, uh, three, two, one. And then the Peregrine Falcon shoots past where Marco was. Um, just, like, a random one tried to kill him. And uh, and Tobias says some good bird junk around this point. He says, like, I know that bird. He's not as good as he thinks he is. And uh, <laughs> he also says to Marco, the way you were flying, he probably thought you were a big old clumsy duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic bird zingers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He also says, always remember to look up, which uh, would have been good advice for Taruk Makto. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had Googled this because I actually don't remember. I know he's called Taruk Makto. Was the thing just called Taruk or something? Um, or, or Makto? And once he conquers it, he's Taruk Makto? This is no, embarrassing. I Yeah, and I should know this too because I started uh, down the path of trying to learn that V. But um, no, it... <laughs> It might be Taruk. It is the Taruk. It is the Taruk. Yeah, I think it's true. Because I do know that it literally translates to the guy who is capable of writing that thing. So I know (laughs) that that thing must have been part of that name. Yeah, it's the Taruk or the the Great Leonopteryx, which is the Earth name. I love that. And there's people listening to this. Who have who are just like what the fuck are they talking about? What's That's the, true. I forgot what the Taruk was that in book seven? <laughs> Do they mean the Valik? <laughs> That's right. The the guy who rides the Valik around. You remember when Visser Three did that? <laughs> no, no. We're talking about James Cameron's Avatar, which will yeah. come up again later on. So it, get ready. Uh, it will come up quite a bit um, and consistently. <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah okay oh yeah yeah that's all i want to say go on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that this is this is basically it other than that uh we we just found out that eric is like a, a he is the titular android right um, did we say the title of the book you said it right <laughs> oh maybe i did the title of the book is the android Great. so presumably if you're reading this as a kid you know that there's going to be an android. Also, on the back, it actually does just say that Eric is uh, an android. But yeah, this doesn't... is one, <clears throat> unlike uh, what, say the other, other books, I couldn't avoid spoilers for this one. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. It was right there in the title. Now, the nice thing about the back of this is that this is around the point where the, the summary on the back ends. Sometimes they just go way too far, but this one basically, like, it just says, oh, Eric is passing out flyers for the sharing, but he's not exactly human and then it's called the android so it (laughs) doesn't spoil much now i I am curious uh what were you think like you were like okay we got our android reveal when you first read this what were you thinking was going to be the deal with this android i i mean i really was not sure because robots are uh, not a thing that the series has delved into 
mm-hmm. up until this point. Mm-hmm. So I guess my assumption was that this was a just a, a Visser three. He somehow decided like, oh, if I, you know, it's it's cheaper to have a robot and we don't have to have a stupid yerk and I'll use them to infiltrate the Animorphs or something. I, you know, some kind of yerk plot was my assumption, but I, I would really didn't know how that was going to play out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, this is. This will be a fun one when we get to the reveal, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Uh. Yeah. So you know, Marco. After seeing all this, Marco calls up to, uh, calls up Jake to get an, a meeting of the Animorphs. Um. But he gets Tom on the line, and uh, Mark invites Marco to a the sharing water skiing trip. Uh. And you know up whatever at the lake or, or something. And he tells him to bring his dad along. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if you remember earlier on when Marco's dad got the new, like he, he got that software and I was like, Oh, he could be a target now. So this is, we're kind of seeing that play out at this point. It looks like the Yorks are targeting Marco's dad because of his job. Um, and, you know, Marco does uh, eventually get Jake on the line and, like, explodes at him. And Jake has to kind of calm him down so he doesn't blow his cover. Um, but they do they do end up setting up their meeting, which we'll get to. But I did just want to put a point on this. Uh, the stakes here are, are pretty real for Marco. Yeah, I, I, th- I guess I'm pretty stupid because <laughs> mm, I don't okay. really know that I even... Uh, I mean, it is definitely implied because he says, like, bring your dad, but... I definitely wasn't until later when they explicitly spelled it out, didn't really connect the dots that they like cared about Marco's dad. I just thought it was a generic, like Jake just always tells people to bring, go come to the sharing. Cause that's his mm-hmm. thing. Well, it's weird because Marco, Marco has that whole like blow up at Jake where he's like, they're oh, targeting yeah. my dad now. I don't know. Does he uh, say it then? I thought he didn't say it until later. No, like right then he's, he's like having a freak out at Jake. Like I'm not going to let them take my dad or something. I, maybe it's not as explicit that they're after him because of his job, or like maybe Marco's just freaking out because they said uh, his dad. No, you're right. He does he's say triggered, it. But. He does say it. Those scumbags are after my father. Yeah, I guess I just forgot or wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to read more carefully. Or maybe I just um, thought he was saying from last time or something. I don't know, but. Mm. Just generically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Marco does have a really good little rage monologue. <laughs> yeah, he does. I, and I, I appreciate when he's thinking to himself and he, he's like, I'll kill Tom before I let them take my dad, too. It's it's a great little moment. Yeah. I mean, rage is addictive. You know, I guess it's yeah. sort of like a drug. Anger and hatred get you high. They get you high. But like any addiction, they hollow you out and tear you down and eat you alive. Mm hmm. This this actually has some uh, thematic callbacks with the ending of this book, uh, so we could we could keep mm. that in mind here. Yeah, Marco's rage and his uh, you know imagining violence against Visser Three over and over till he feels empty and hollowed out or whatever. <laughs> Can I just say, look, I know mm-hmm. we all like Rachel and the Bird. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I might ship Rachel and Marco. Sorry. Mm. Mm. I think the, these two, Marco's got this rage he keeps deep down inside. He just doesn't let it out the way Rachel does. And yeah, yeah. and they're always they're always sniping at each other. There I just is feel some like teasing. There's a lot of tension between these two. I I think there's something there. I mean, you know, I it's not written that way, but you're not wrong to ship. Listen, if you like the like kids teasing each other, 
Okay, let's maybe, maybe rephrase that. Okay, okay. But it, like, if that's the trope that you, uh, you know, this kind of enemies to lovers or whatever, where it's like, oh, they actually like each other. I, I mean, come on, it. yeah, that's the th- if you have a, a, an attractive man and a woman who are constantly making fun of each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's the that's yeah. the way it goes. It's like they're going to end up together. Just, just... Yeah, well, that's the trope, but. And it, there is and a good tropes, Rachel takes a great real. shot at Marshall at Marco at the beginning of this book over his hair that I quite like, I will say. Oh uh, yeah. Where where uh you know, they're talking about how Eric doesn't smell human way in the beginning and uh and Rachel says, uh Well, you don't always smell human either, Marco, but maybe that's because you have a small monkey living on top of your head. <laughs> And then she follows up with, next time you get a haircut, talk to me first. <laughs> they, are, they really do all uh, give him shit for his short yeah. hair, which looks like, if anything, it seems like the long hair is what you'd make fun of a kid for. He looks totally normal. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, these are kids. Kids are pieces of shit. He looks different now, and that's a good enough reason to go in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Uh, it's probably also like you know, Marco's usually the one being an asshole, so this is their chance yeah, to get that's him. True. Yeah, that's yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure we we hammer home that those are the stakes on Marco's dad. That part's not that long, but uh, so hammered. Y- yeah, hammered. So uh, they all meet up. They ask Axe if he knows what's up. Axe has never heard of this kind of thing, right? He doesn't, he's like, well, Eric could be using a hologram, but I don't know, you know, what the power source could be because it's, you know, no Andalite or Yerk thing would be able to run the hologram like that from a body that small for that long. Ah, so he has no clue what this thing is. Um, and so they're like, well, if we get something with super different vision, like maybe bug vision, uh, to see through the hologram, uh, that then that might work. So they're going to morph uh, spiders, and uh, they're going to go to that meeting that Tom invited Marco to and uh, turn into spiders and try to see if they can see through the hologram. Um, the Axe has to be there because Axe might know what the hell Eric is if he looks at him, and they all draw straws to see who's going to go spider with Axe, and uh, it turns out to be Marco is going to have to be the spider. Yeah, literal straws, by the way. This is literal the second straws. time in the series, I believe, they have drawn literal straws. They do it a lot. I'm pretty <laughs> sure at some point in the series, Axe calls it some kind of human ritual. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing that I, you know, is in a, lo- a fair amount of movies and TV shows that I don't know if anyone's ever actually done this in real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or, 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 you know, I, if it were me, I would be like, well, let's just put all our names in a hat and pick one. The the the, yeah. the the literal straw drawing really feels like it's just for the the benefit of the reader is a little more suspenseful, I guess. Yeah. Not that it's that. Th- I mean, how could it? It's always the title character. Maybe it's when <laughs> she doesn't have a good reason why it should be the title character. Right. It, I need it to be Marco. I don't know why Marco would be the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds probably about right. Uh, okay. Now. You know. Yes, please. I'm sure you're about to say what I'm about to say, which is that uh, Marco's <laughs> reaction to morphing the spider is is your reaction to morphing <laughs> the spider. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's he's right. It's it's horrible. It sounds horrible. I would I would not I wouldn't take that straw. I wouldn't do it. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there's a whole conversation between Marco and Cassie that sounds like something we would do, where Marco's like, <laughs> I specifically said no insects, and Cassie's like, well, actually, insects oh, have God. three body segments and six legs, that but arachnids. That made me sick. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Marco says, and this is, as far, I'm pretty sure this is a direct quote uh, from you. Uh, um, <laughs> Marco says, Go away, Cassie. Go away. Go away. Go away. I don't like spiders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did ghostwrite that line. <laughs> I think I think you've said that only with someone else's name instead of Cassie, probably mine. <laughs> yeah. 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 D- don't like it. Didn't like it. <laughs> Marco's right. I, it's terrible. They don't you don't even entertain the idea of Maybe trying something else. There's not spiders. It's got to be a spider. I don't know. Doesn't seem like a good idea to me. But hey. <laughs> well, they want some kind of bug with uh, Weird Vision. I don't know why they can't use their old bugs. They got to get a new bug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got to get a new. She's got to put a new bug on the cover, I guess. <laughs> Although uh, you could have gone with a bat for the cover, but I guess they're not true. really. They don't really do that for the. It's more spider centric, this book. But uh, yeah, there's a lot more spiders going on here. So I agree. I of course agree with with Marco, but uh, there is some some other fun stuff in this scene. See, it's kind of continuing from the last book. Cassie seems to have shown some some growth mm-hmm. um, when she says to Tobias, "Like it's fine. He's a hawk. He has a right to be a hawk." But then she also kind of guilt trips him for wanting to eat some baby possums. She doesn't want him to eat. Yeah. Now I, I I kind of like that scene because they when they all show up to meet Marco's like and Cassie is like you know everyone's standing around oh except Cassie who's like looking in a burrow for some reason she's just like I think there's possums in that burrow <laughs> yeah 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 I thought the scene was going to be them like looking for their new morph but it's just Cassie being a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> uh, I also wanted to point out there's something. This happened in a couple books earlier, and I read it on Syrapedia, but I I didn't find the place to mention it. Didn't come up. Mm -hmm. Marco says he hooked up with Jake to go to Cassie's farm. And uh, Syrapedia says that in the earlier books, the revised editions are over now. But in the books that they did revise, there were a couple times when they, they used the phrase hooked up with, and they changed those in later editions to make sure you knew they weren't hooking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't hip with the lingo back then. Or back then, I don't know if I think yeah, maybe you could. It wasn't. I feel like even today, you could say, like, oh, let's hook up at the place. It depends on context, you know? Yeah. But, but I <clears> guess. Too many they, people were writing weird fanfics. And they really wanted to make sure. <laughs> crack down on all that. Now, is this. Are we going to talk about the, the mass now, or is that. Uh, oh yeah, we could, that's, that's basically in this whole section, um, cause I didn't know how many times we needed to stop around the spider shenanigans, cause there's a lot of them. Um, but yeah, the mass is pretty relevant because, uh, Axe just casually drops this bombshell, right? <laughs> that, like, isn't important in any way here, but like, he says, um, when they morph, into smaller animals like spiders uh all of their extra mass from their regular body gets stored out in z space um that's where it goes and uh (laughs) he said there's the possibility it's like billions to one or something like that it 
it's never going to happen, but it could happen that a spaceship traveling through zero space could whack, slam into their mass and uh, disintegrate it. And then they wouldn't have any more mass to morph back or whatever. Maybe they'd be dead. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know what would happen. <laughs> yeah, that's some uh, fucked up weird. I mean, this is like an explanation for a thing that I never really needed an explanation for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it raises further questions. Like, um, if your mass is stored in zero space when you morph something small, then where do you get the mass when you morph something big? Do you <laughs> Did you put extra mass in zero space at some point? <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's like a big storage locker all Andalites take from of yeah. mass. <laughs> that just just a bunch of flesh and random bones and organs that can sort of become anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, yeah, that's really weird. And we, I mean, I still don't. Zero space is like it's it's like another dimension, kind of, or it's like going into yeah. hyperspace or something. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, it's both yeah. those things. It's hyperspace, but the opposite direction. It's, so it's but not, it is another dimension. Yeah, it's not like this mass would be just like visible through a telescope. Like you'd only you could no. only hit it if you were traveling through Z space. <laughs> yes, but Z space is the only uh, way in which you can do faster than light travel. So every race that travels According the galaxy, to the Andalites. Well, according to the Andalites, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, the, there could be the, another way. They don't know. I'm trying to think <laughs> if it's ever... Because the only... the only Every other like regular race that travels across the galaxy uses zero space. I'm trying to think if the Elemist actually says anything about traveling not through zero space ever, or if the Elemist is just like, nah, I'm just kind of like everywhere, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> I think he's just everywhere, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Um, yeah, so No, I, there's some kind of bullshit he does with moving shit around faster than like not through Z-Space Whatever, it, it doesn't matter the, the point is nobody can actually, everybody uses Z-Space Great, okay, it's settled then <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loves Z-Space, it makes perfect sense Yes, it makes perfect sense <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was, a yeah, that was a, you know, it was a nice little note for the Seropedia or for the Animorphs Visual Dictionary or something. <laughs> now we know how morphing works a little, a little bit more and also a little yeah. bit less. <laughs> yeah, and this is kind of where I was pulling some of my speculation about how, um, you know, maybe you could morph clothing is that, like, if you put the clothing mass in Z space and you were building out of the mass rather than out of the DNA, maybe that's how you could do it. Now, that's not consistent with how morphing works, but, you know, <laughs> it could have been consistent with how morphing it's, works. It's so funny that they call it mass. Like, I don't know. I'm picturing just like a Cronenberg blob yeah. of flesh. That's what space. I picture, too, basically. Uh, I'm not sure that's accurate, but that uh, is what I picture. But then, so why? So, uh, well, no, I forget what we established. If there's a bullet in you, it stays or it leaves? What yeah, you the... can demorph. Uh, yeah, if if you if you're a big animal and you have a bullet in you, you can demorph and the bullet will like fall away. But what if you're a human with a bullet and does the bullet go to space, or does the bullet just fall out? <laughs> Presumably, it falls out. Unless does... she says it doesn't because it's white clothing. <laughs> How does the morph know what's mass and what's not your mass? <laughs> uh, I it. it... You have to focus on it if it's not your DNA. It's like clothing. I don't know. I'm making this up. 
I mean, I guess it's just whatever the 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 morphing tech just reads the energy signals and no and and non sentient mass doesn't give off signals or I, something. I, I, yeah, I don't listen. It the the more she explains it, the less sense it makes. That's the real problem. If you gave the morphing tech to like a dog, could the dog morph? Uh, <laughs> or, would, or would it be too stupid to concentrate to do it? It could. Okay. It would be too stupid to concentrate to do it, but it could do it sort of by mistake, sometimes accidentally. It just wouldn't know what the hell was going on and would be in a panic. Uh, how are there? All, there's always more morph questions. I never heard there's something always comes up. That's what makes it so good. Like, this is how you fill out 50 books worth of content is that That's you, right. you're, you're like, what the hell do I write my next book? What if a dog could morph? That'll be my next one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did also a completely different topic here. Um, sure. Love that. Marco gets a little bit political here. Oh, man. Because, you know, I don't know, in the late 90s, you know, the um, should women be able to serve in the armed forces was <laughs> like an actual topical question. Marco weighs in on this here. <laughs> Hard turn from what you were talking about, but I think it's time to leave Z space behind us for a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so this is what Marco says uh, when he steps up to morph the spider. He says, "See, this is why guys and girls should not be in combat together, because it's much harder for a guy to be a coward when some girl is watching. If it had just been Jake and Tobias, I'd have been weeping and groveling on the ground." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great section. I am glad you went back to it. Yeah, I just there's a couple things that are stupider and sillier that need to be uh, dealt with. He's right. He's, Marco doesn't. He just doesn't want to look like a chump in front of the ladies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. It's their fault. Because Rachel's all gung ho over here. She's all like, "Well, you know, we could just hit Eric with another bus." <laughs> yeah, that was funny too. Yeah, <laughs> let's just hit him with a bus. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, well, Rachel, that, I, this book may be, um, I mean, not so different from most of the other ones, but I felt like there were a few more moments for the other characters who weren't the narrator in this, maybe, than I than some other books, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. No, they feel, they feel much more fleshed out. There, some of the early books, I am reading them, and I'm thinking, like, their characters are described as being what they are, but I'm not seeing that much of them yet. Yeah, but yeah. this you really do get everybody coming through. We also get some a little. Um, Jake is also kind of getting into bird stuff, like Tobias when he he says, "Got to watch out, falcons rule, and don't diss falcons." Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, after they acquire the spider, spider, they all morph up to the lake, or they all um, fly out to the lake, which is when Jake does that. So I guess we can we can go up to the lake now, probably, right? Let's um, go to the lake. <clears throat> yeah, so they fly out to the lake. Uh, Marco and Axe uh, morph spider, and uh, we get a very gross sequence about becoming a spider. And yeah. uh, we get a couple chapters of spider shenanigans, uh, which I don't know how much we need to talk about them, or if you just want to forget that that ever happened. Um, <laughs> or I want to inflict them on our listeners and make them fair. experience what I did. 
Yeah, see, I mean, personally, I'm not that bothered, but every, like, reading this and keeping you in mind, I'm just like, oh boy, you were probably not happy. <laughs> I mean, and it's you not... usually read these, like, before bed, right? So you might have been having nightmares. <laughs> it's not much worse than it usually is, honestly. Okay. Like, there, all the morphing is horrible, but just there are some moments, like, eyes were erupting out of my head like zits. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Legs shot out of me like I was a tube of toothpaste someone had stomped. <laughs> and then uh, and then we are introduced, or at least I was introduced, to the term that you used earlier, <laughs> pedipalps. Right. Which are extra legs, maybe? Marco doesn't know what they are, <laughs> but they're pedipalps, and I don't know either, so... Yeah, they're like, they're like combination limb-mouth part. They're not really a leg. They're like those little things that are outside, you know, when they show like a really gross spider, like Shelob or something, and it's going like right next to its mouth. Mm. Those little things. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's those are horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are horrible. Uh, Also, I I I liked this part where you know, so Marco gets excited and he starts uh, chasing a a bug he wants to eat, Mm -hmm. and he says it was a rush, as they used to say in my dad's day. I don't don't we still say it's a rush sometimes like yeah right like I I know I'm old but I would have been young when this book came out yeah I know it doesn't feel like it that's not like saying it was groovy or something like yeah you could still say what a rush speaking of old things he talks about his vision being different and he says it's like when you mess with the color and tint knobs on the tv which <laughs> oh, now wow. that's a throwback yeah, that's I didn't pick up on that. That's yeah, that's an yeah. old one. Yeah. Oh yeah, so for sure, um, he, gets, he gets to be a spider. Yeah, he gets to be a spider. He tries to like kill and eat a beetle. Uh, you know, he's like letting out his uh, letting out his a little bit of his anger, maybe. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Whatever they uh, they're going around, and all of a sudden they see as a spider this foot. But because they're spiders, they can see through the hologram and see that actually inside there's this weird metal leg confirming that he, Eric, is in fact an android. And uh, they and uh, they see another one. In fact, actually, Jake, as a fly, sees another one. So they could have just been flies. They were already flies. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so there's multiple androids out here. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, Marco gets eaten. Um a crow flies out of the sky and swallows Marco. And um, Marco, here's your your constant fear about public screaming because Marco starts screaming and uh, <laughs> la- and everyone there can just hear him screaming for his life as he's being <laughs> swallowed and crushed and digested in the stomach of this bird flying off. Um, so he's like he's like literally dying, right? Like he's fading out. Uh, so and before he morphs back inside this bird. He rips the bird apart midair by growing out of it uh, and lands halfway morphed and morphs back to human in a panic. And when he's fully human, he looks up and Eric is standing there looking at him. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Now, out of context, when you say, I have a constant fear of public screaming, (laughs) that sounds... (laughs) No. Like I, in my daily life, I'm going around terrified someone will scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you've brought it up multiple times before on the podcast. What if something happens and I just go, ah, and mm, yeah, everybody yeah. hears it? I'd be worried. 
Well, yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's it would be hard to yeah control your your thought speak. So yeah, there there it was. I think that, there it that is. was everybody just heard a scream. <laughs> yeah, including all the normal non controllers who were just up here. Like they describe yeah. a couple like making out somewhere. They're they're. <laughs> <laughs> I they probably just assume it was someone screaming somewhere, right? Like Yeah, presumably. But to be fair, this is probably a blood-curdling scream. <laughs> just got eaten <laughs> yeah. alive. It's a pretty horrible scene. Oh yeah, it's this is very distressing. Uh in in some ways it actually <laughs> in some ways it sort of made me feel um, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. The fact that, you know, the bird eats him and it sounds like within seconds, if he didn't demorph, like he would have just suffocated and been dead, which was a little bit like, well, at least if you're getting, if you're a spider and you get eaten by a bird, you don't, you don't suffer, right? Yeah. You're just kind of dead, like pretty quick. Well, you say at least, but you know, for my personal vor fetish, I would have liked to have sat in that stomach a little bit <laughs> oh, longer. There, there could be some, there could be some vor stuff. There's, there's some, there's some dog petting, cut yeah. shit in here. There's some fetish That's stuff true. in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. um, We're gonna find the weirdest fucking fetishes. We started with <laughs> lesbian bug mind control last book, and now we're into. The weird spider vor. Oh, I think it started earlier than that. We just may not have did, yeah. highlighted it. Now, uh, other than the time yes. when I spent an hour talking about having sex with dolphins. <laughs> that well, that's not. I, we're talking about like weird fetishes. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that one's pretty common. This this was the part. So this is where I was referring to Marco's cuteness here. Mm. When Marco thinks he's about to die, he basically, like, his life is flashing before his eyes, and he sees his, his mother, which he remarks that they say dying soldiers on the battlefield often call out for their mothers with their dying breaths, which is, doesn't really sound like a Marco thing to say, but he can get kind of deep when he's in a situation. Yeah, that 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 uh, actually strikes me as a Jake thing, to be honest. Mm, yeah, yeah. Or maybe uh, a, well, maybe an axe thing. To, uh, maybe. I, I uh, don't know. That could no, I be. Guess I feel like Axe. Yeah, like they well, they I think they would, but Axe would be all like, "But I'm not. I'm supposed to think of duty or something. Yeah. I feel guilty that I'm thinking of my mother and not my duty or some bullshit." <laughs> but he flashes back to a scene of of him as like a little kid, and his mom says to him, "You are going to grow up to be so cute, my little Marco." And I thought, "Aw." Like that's a, this is why he's always talking about how cute he is. It's like his little link to his mom, his mom gave him his self-confidence. <laughs> mm, that's little... sweet. I yeah, see, I didn't pick up on that. I like that though. Yeah. He's a little mama's boy. It's cute. Yeah, he is a little mama's boy. That's, that's true. <laughs> and then right Marco after that, he bursts through the throat of a crow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if the bird literally rips apart midair. Like you can imagine a guy just like turning into the size of a human inside a bird. It's like shredded. And you're just looking up in the sky, you see a bunch of crows and just a guy Ace Ventura coming out of a rhino style. Just. Yeah. All the other crows in that flock are probably like, what the fuck? We're not coming back here. Pretty hot in these crows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should have said that. When did uh, Ace Ventura 2 come out? I feel like Marco would have yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it must have come out before this. 
Marco's definitely a Jim Carrey fan. Yeah. Now, I, we should specify for the listeners, even though we are both uh, Ace Ventura and Jim Carrey fans, <laughs> okay, we don't right. condone the transphobia <laughs> in those movies. Uh, you know, it's not it's not cool with us. All right. Now that you've appeased woke culture, <laughs> let's get back to the book. Yeah. <laughs> or or we could get back to Jim Carrey. We could just switch this to a Carrey cast if you Ace want. Ace Ventura 2 is fine. There's no transphobia in that one. You're just right. Racism. <laughs> You're right. Now, um, I did also, I was happy in this scene because for once, them morphing in plain sight has consequences. Although we find yes. out later it sort of doesn't. <laughs> Yes. At, at least, like, it's for once, it's not just, oh, conveniently, he fell behind a tree and everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Eric does just see him. Marco is like, I'm human now, and here's Eric looking at him. Um, and <clears throat> this girl named Jenny walks up. It's not even just Eric. Another girl named Jenny walks up, and Eric goes, so, uh, you know those Andalite bandits we've been fighting? Pretty sure this guy's one of them. <laughs> and she's like, oh, huh. And, uh, and so Marco's like, well, fuck, it's over. Um, but then a bunch of other controllers are coming up and Eric's like, oh, don't even worry about it. Uh, there's just some yelling because Jenny hurt her ankle. You can, I got it under control. You can go whatever. Because it turns out Eric is a friendly android. Um, and he also reveals that he is centuries old. Um, <laughs> like he says he was at the first ever showing of Hamlet. Uh, and, <laughs> and... <laughs> And he invites them all to meet up later at his house. You know, normal stuff. Normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, the, the Android thing's getting a little bit wilder than it was. Yeah. I don't... I, I, again, I, I kind of want to check in on, like, where were you mentally at this point? Yeah, I mean, uh, at first I, I saw the thing and I was like, holy shit. They're 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 just yurks, you know. It's a good casual little reveal there, and then it just got weirder. And I was like, okay, they're somehow. I guess I was thinking, are they somehow yurks who are betraying the yurk homeworld, and they've found robots to live in? <laughs> I guess that's what I was. I was still assuming these were somehow yurk connected. I think. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's and that's not a bad guess. That's the sort of plot line that I would have liked to have seen more of in the series, right? But mm. yeah, uh, in, in terms of Yurks aren't being more three dimensional. Yeah, yeah. In terms of exploring the ideas of like Yurk resistance and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, finding, but then you're like, oh, but yeah, he's immortal or something. <laughs> he's like centuries old. Or yeah, well, he's a robot. That's why he doesn't. Right. But yeah, he's been here since long before the Yorks were a thing. <laughs> There's also, by the way, a little, uh, another little censorship skirting here when Marco says, "You have us by the, you have us cold." Mm. I like, mm. he, you know, he stops himself from saying anything. <laughs> potentially offensive very marco he wouldn't want to offend anyone <laughs> that that really feels like uh that does feel like the ka applegate almost 
Like, I feel like in reality, he he just said, you, you got us by the balls or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was her way of getting around that. Like, he didn't, he didn't censor himself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, once we get, once she starts writing Christopher in Everworld, she'll start being able to get away with that shit. And then she really goes the hell off. But. Oh, see, now, I don't know. This is a, this is not an Everworld podcast, so. Yeah. No, well, you don't have to ever read that one, but uh, yeah, that was way more fucked up in my I'm opinion. I'm going to say it right now. We're not, you know... I've seen these other Animorphs podcasts, and when they're finished, they just move on to some other K.A. Applegate. Mm. We're not doing that shit. This yeah. is about Animorphs. I don't want. I don't yeah. not, we're not. We're not reading fucking the one and only Ivan on this show. Okay. Yeah. If we need to do more K.A. Applegate stuff for some reason, we'll just start a new podcast. This or this yeah, one, yeah, yeah. It w- and it will be the the barf books, whatever those books were. <laughs> right, it will be those or the um the dog one, pupper or and uh, pupper and woofy or something. And woofy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> pupper right. and doggo, I think. Do- yeah, yeah, doggo and be pupper. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. There, yeah, this is not really much really happens. I mean, we find out it's a it's a big reveal, but then we kind of just move on, right? Yeah, 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 because. Uh, you know, we'll we'll really get to it when they get to Eric's house. But first, we do have to do one more scene that's uh, pretty intense here, um, which is Marco having a barbecue dinner with his dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, they're they're hanging out, being their dumb selves with each other, uh, and Marco's dad ta- is talking about his work, and he's now doing work on some classified project with a company called Matcom. And uh, Matcom itself is military adjacent. His work might not be. We don't know, but the company is. Uh, And he reveals that he's never, Marco's dad reveals he's never done military work before. And the reason, he says, he, he starts talking about his relationship with Marco's mom. And he says that for the last one to one and a half years of their relationship, uh, he and Marco's mom Basically, they were the happiest they'd ever been because they had had all these problems. They had always been having fights, whatever, but they all just kind of seemed to stop and everything was going great. And this was these were the happiest years of his life. And Marco realizes that the reason they stopped fighting was because she actually got infested by a yerk, um, which was not interested in domestic disputes. But he says one night during this period... At like 3 a.m., she's like sitting up rather than being asleep, and she says to him, they won't take you if you don't go into the military. And he said it seemed like the hardest and most important thing she'd ever said, something about her vibe or whatever, even though it was probably just a bad dream. So he said he'd never done military work because he'd always remembered her saying that before she died. Um, But now he's doing military work. Uh, So... (laughs) This is kind of an insane reveal, right? Um, <laughs> like, like imagine coming up, it, like Marco as a kid, just being like, "Yep, the happiest years of my dad's marriage were when my mom was a yerk," <laughs> and also it was like a full year and a half. Which remember, he would have been like ten uh, when she died. This is a huge portion of his life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very dark, uh, and there's yeah. a. There's a part early in the book where he speculates and he's like, I don't know when yeah. my mom was even a yerk. And so now he knows. <laughs> yeah, now he knows. Um, but I, I like that it's kind of the opposite of the Chapmans, that her being infested actually made the relationship better because she went out of her way to not 
cause problems. <laughs> it's very interesting the because... perfect woman. <laughs> That's right. But no, I, I think it's interesting because his dad still felt loved, um, which I think speaks something to Visser 1 as a yerk, right? Like, Visser 1 is a fucking good yerk. It, you know, it's too bad she's <laughs> off dealing with space combat and not running this invasion anymore. And Visser 3's <laughs> fucking it all up because she can actually run a fucking infiltration. Yeah, Visser 3 is in your wife's head. You're not having a happy marriage. <laughs> right, no. <laughs> Visser 3 cannot make you feel loved. Visser <laughs> 3 is just like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to bed. Yeah. I don't, um, Why can't and, and, you be a centaur? <laughs> it is. Get that fucking cat out of here. <laughs> No, wait, I like the cat, but fuck oh, yeah, the cat. dog, yeah, I don't get the, know. Get the dog out. <laughs> I'm still suspicious of the cat, though. Uh, put it in a box for four hours, just in case. <laughs> I I did, the, it was, it's a little weird because they don't, it doesn't, it's not like before the Yerk, they were like on the verge of a divorce or anything. No, no. He, he just says, oh, you know, we used to fight now and then like normal couples is all. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not. I don't know if yeah, that it wasn't a bad relationship, but right, yeah. Which I don't know. It, I feel like maybe that would be more interesting or impactful if it was like we were about to break up or something. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That could have been a more. Maybe I just want more drama. That's true. That would be some really good drama if they were just always on the verge of of, of divorce or something, and then the Yerk fixed it. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it is still it is still a fun detail. I think. Yeah, Marco's dad kind of a little bit like Tony Stark, you know, I, when he, he decides not hmm. to make weapons anymore. Hmm, yeah, I guess. Only he has to use um, Marco's friend's nose uh, stuff as opposed to his own brain. <laughs> you remember Marco's oh, friend, oh. no. Marco's friend, no, right. Not Marco's friend's nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Marco's friend whose name is no. Right, which was Axe because he said his name was No. As yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. We also find out in this scene that Marco is a breast man. <laughs> Do we now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad asks him if he wants another piece of chicken. He says, oh, sure, breast. Right. Yes. Yeah. You're right. We do find that out. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't, you know, just, I don't, I don't. Yeah, as opposed to like a thigh. Yeah. Some people like yeah. a thigh or like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what piece, piece of chicken do you want? Can I get the ass? <laughs> God damn. Um, I did think it's, you know, as a 10-year-old, I did think it's kind of funny that just the fact that there is just a sentence in the Animorphs books that's just breast, period. <laughs> you know. I'm 10 years right, old. So what do you wait, want so, from me? Yeah, I was gonna say, you, when you say as a 10-year-old, you mean right now? Yes, that's what I'm saying. As I am a 10-year-old boy. Okay. That amuses me. Okay. Good. I'm glad. Well, it's just like, I feel like that's a piece of trivia. You know, if you were to ask someone like true or false, there's a sentence in Animorphs that is just bre- the word breast. And they, they might not know. They might think you're you're pulling one over on them, but there is. Yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I I got ten more minutes on this breast stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let it all out now. But, but get it but out of your system. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna put it aside for the good of the podcast, and instead ask the question: What does Matcom stand for? Is that something computers? Matt. Matt. What's the Matt? 
Or am I just reading too much into it and it's just n- nothing? <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I'm wondering that. Com could be, I would think communication. Oh, But it could be computers too. Yeah. Um, I know Marco's dad was working on radio telescopes and that all, could also imply com. But he does software for communications. But he also does software stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I would think like comp for a computer though. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Matcom. Matcom. All right. Yeah, maybe Matt is a shortening of some uh, rude uh, Yorkish <laughs> word, like Datsun. Yeah, probably is. It probably is. Yeah, it could be. They think it's really funny when someone's name is Matt. Mm, I, I do, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Matt Damon cracks me up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can get into what this book is actually about. Because <laughs> we haven't really gotten to that part yet. Time for the plot. <laughs> Time for what the book is actually uh, doing. Um, so they all show up at Eric's house. Uh, Rachel and Tobias are outside as backup. <clears throat> and just in case something goes wrong, uh, they go in. You know, Eric's dad, Mr. King, lets them in. It's a normal house, you know. Uh, they've got uh, TV on. It's, uh, they've got a couple of dogs. He offers them a soda, you know. And so Eric's dad, he takes them down into the basement. And um, the whole basement is like a secret elevator room uh, that takes them down. And there's like multiple secret walls. And it lets out into a massive underground park, um, which is it's basically a dog park. There are, it says, literally hundreds, if not thousands of dogs in this park. Okay. Uh, and there's yeah. a bunch of androids walking around and they all look like two-legged dog robots. Uh <laughs> and uh Eric shows up and he gives them the backstory of what's going on uh by way of like uh, an insane like hologram show. He projects this hologram so they can see uh what happened. And are 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 we ready for the backstory or do you want to comment on this dog park? I'll I mean, I'll just say this this part right here was the part of the book when I was like, we're back, baby. <laughs> and we sure are back. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> so these androids, uh, they are called the Chi. Um, <laughs> and they are made in the image of their creators, an alien species called the Pemalites. All right. So the mm. Pemalites were an ancient and extremely technologically advanced race of um, dog people who loved to play and loved games. Uh, They're described as having faster than light travel 100,000 years before the Andalites even made fire. Uh, They are also described as basically being um, goofy. The dog? (laughs) Um, Only like four feet tall, and they go chuck, chuck, chuck to laugh instead of going yuck, yuck, yuck. And they made the chi as friends to to play with. The chi means friend in Pemalite, you see. Um, And uh, the Pemalites were very happy playing away. um, But then uh, everything changed when the Howlers attacked. Okay. We don't know why the Howlers did it. But one day they showed up and just started killing everyone indiscriminately. And they genocided all the Pemalites. So all the Pemalites died uh, by the hands of these Howlers. Uh, the Pemalites weren't able to fight back because they were so peaceful and goofy they had forgotten the ways of war. So uh, one ship of Chi and Pemalites escaped, uh, but the Pemalites died anyway because the Howlers had been using germ warfare on them. So the Chi settled Earth 
and just integrated into human culture because humans at this point had begun to build cities and practice agriculture. And uh, the chi, uh, they put the um, souls or something <laughs> of the Pemelites into wolves, uh, which is where dogs come from, you see. Uh, so that's how we domesticated dogs. <laughs> the dogs have Pemelite souls in them. And uh, and the Chi have been living secretly amongst humans this whole time, aging their holograms up with life and then starting again and uh, caretaking the dogs uh, on this planet. <laughs> they also built the pyramids. Yes. Well, well, Eric goes out of his way to say that he was a slave building the pyramids. He didn't design or order them. He just was there. But Along is, for the ride. But that is kind of why, like, they're able to, you know, the people speculate about, like, the heavy blocks and did aliens do it? But it, right. yeah, no, it, it was yeah. androids. It was androids, yeah. He says it was hard for him to hide his strength at that time because he didn't, I'm, uh, he I'm didn't fucking new... crying. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I have tears in my eyes. I mean, now, I I read this. I knew what you were about to say, uh-huh. and I still couldn't. Just hearing it all in a span of uh, uh, sixty seconds is just so fucking crazy. It is wild. Now, at least it took us like a half or two thirds of the book to get to this point, instead of like the Elemist in chapter five. As in, in the most, but it is an equally just completely insane reveal. Why? Kay Abigail just can't help herself. This is, she just, she just laid out an entire sci-fi series. This is yeah. like an epic of 10 novels, what, what we just learned. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it, I, I, I don't even like, how can we even begin to analyze this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, like, it, the least crazy thing about this is that we have to cope with the fact that for all of human history, there have secretly been androids living amongst us. <laughs> you know, like, that's not even talking about the fact that every dog is just like, like, you know how in Scientology, right, the aliens, Thetans got attached to us? Or whatever, when Xenu came to Earth. It's this, except that they're good aliens and they were attached to dogs. <laughs> it feels a little like, you know, like folklore about how, like, this is why we have a, you know, yeah. like hyenas laugh because, you know, whatever, a Nazi the spider and that kind of shit. But, you know, it's like, all this is why dogs are dogs, is because they have the souls of extinct aliens inside of them. And that's almost literally, like, they don't have a good tech explanation for what had happened. They, they say, like, we grafted their essences onto wolves or something. It's like, what is that? If this is a sci-fi story, what the hell does that mean? And <laughs> they just took their souls and put them in dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, their technology, we don't understand, but they've they've found a way to, like, qualify what a soul is and or something yeah <laughs> yeah they they can they can deal with that now i will say i was thinking uh i was reading it as pemolites i'm not sure which mm. one i i like or do you hmm. do you do you know if one of them is correct i have no idea i have always said pemolite my entire life but i have no clue which one is correct <laughs> have you have you always said pemolite your entire life i I read this book when I was single digit years old. So as far as I'm concerned, yes, I have always said Pemelite. My I've whole always life. said Pemelite. 
yeah, I don't. I kind of like both, to be honest. I don't know which one I'm feeling. I was hmm. pemolite, pemolite. I don't know. You can know. use one. I'll use the other. Okay, the chi and howlers. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, we so quickly. It's yeah. just the chi, and then also the pemolites, and then the howlers. Yeah, and the, the howlers are the the scenes. Of, it's like just this yeah. genocide. They the, the animorphs have to watch the the full three D VR <laughs> screen of them getting genocided too. Yeah, they yeah they like describe in graphic detail like the bodies of the pemolites like strewn about and like ripped apart by these howlers. He says. Um, um, uh, oh yeah, he says what Eric showed us next was like one of those horrifying films from World War II, which I feel like is her way of saying it was like the Holocaust, right? It was a, it, it's a, it's a Pemolite Holocaust. I was thinking I, like the aftermath of like D-Day or something, but effectively it is, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is I a was, Pemolite Holocaust. Yeah, I was thinking that was like, they couldn't quite say Holocaust in the kid's book, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, yeah, both could be relevant. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's also like the biological warfare. Did we? Yeah, get that they. Yeah, it's. I, yeah, I, the I pemolites who escaped still died because they were using germ warfare. Yeah, there's so much. I don't really know that I fully understand why the Dichi even need to pretend to be humans. I guess they just want to they just enjoy it. It's just fun for them to live lives. <laughs> yeah, I guess they just. They just don't really want to um, be the chi to humans. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to be other. Hum-. They were designed as friends, so maybe they were all like, well, if we just show up as robots, we'll be. We're supposed to look like the people we're playing with, so like, let's look like humans now and pretend to be humans. I don't know. It. I mean, yeah, it's it's nuts. They they've yeah. evolved in such a way that like it's it's interesting from the perspective that they kind of lost their purpose. They were created for. Yeah, and th- like they're clearly, you know, these are very, very advanced androids. <laughs> like they're they're basically yeah. they are. Well, I don't know. I guess this is a deeper philosophical <laughs> discussion that could be had, but I feel it's safe to say they are on the level of a human or any other like being with a quote unquote soul. Like you know, they're not just robots with like AI. They're they've they're they're Skynet. They've evolved to that level. Yeah, they're always treated as though they are people in these books. At no point is there any question that they're, you know, they're capable of emotions and and actual understanding and all of that kind of thing. Okay, Um, I was going to ask, you kind of alluded to it, part of me wondered if we might never hear from the chi ever again after this book. Oh yeah, I was, I'm sorry, I had actually meant to uh, leave that as a mystery because we don't... Yeah, yeah, it's it, they could have never. This is the sort of thing that she could have pulled out and then been like, "Yeah, it shows up in the the other chi book." I ran out of ideas and wrote another book about the chi. But other than that, they're not. That could have yeah, been. I noticed there's no Pemolite Chronicles, which yeah feels like it's right there waiting for you. Yeah, we'll learn more about the Pemolites, but they don't have a Chronicles. You're right. Which is kind of a shame, but man, yeah, this was, oh, wow, this was a lot. This was, I mean, maybe, certainly as wild as the Elemist. I don't know if it's more wild, but it's, they're they're neck and neck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just, it's just a a race of silly dog people who only like to play and have forgotten the ways of violence. 
who are <laughs> hundreds of thousands of years more advanced than we could ever be. Axe can't even understand how Eric could possibly power himself, and Axe thinks that our best technologies are like tiny little toys. Yeah. Just, yeah. I kind of thought maybe the dogs were their way of also making up for the spiders. <laughs> like, let's give them a bunch of cute dogs just yeah, to that's, balance it out. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about the Chi naming conventions either. There's one named Maria, but she also says her name is Chi Lonos or something like that. Yeah, they take human names uh, as they live human lives. So, like, presumably Eric over the years will age his hologram up and then pretend to die and then take a new name as a kid. Yeah, but we don't, he he only says he's Eric. Like yeah, I don't know that we ever find out Eric's real name. Yeah, I don't or know. Or any of their names other than Chi Lonos. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I feel like maybe, maybe just go by Lonos. I don't, yeah. I assume they all start with Chi. <laughs> well, Chi means friend, so that her name is Friend mm. Lonos, you see. I see I think that it's now. a title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's really no way to like we just have to keep going. I, I don't know what more I can say about this barrage <laughs> of <laughs> revelations. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Because uh, then they're gonna have a plot for this book too, the, the thing they have to do. Which, like, yeah. when I remember this book, I remember this next part as being the plot. But you know, <laughs> yeah, this is the we're, we're like. The, we're like three quarters of the way through and this is, you know, that everything we just said is like 10 pages or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait for the next 10 pages because we're going to add a pile a whole bunch more on here. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out that even though the Chi are extremely technologically advanced, right, um, they are hardwired for nonviolence, right? They are incapable of doing violence even in, like, abstract ways, like Asimov's, like, Three Laws of Robotics or something, I guess. I don't know. There's there's weird li- – that's not well-defined, though. Um, no. So there's been this rift in the Chi. Uh, Eric is a bit of a rebel, right, because he's been infiltrating the Yerks, which a lot of them don't agree with him doing. Um but the Yerks, it turns out, Eric has found out, are working on this crazy plan involving Matcom, which is a Yerk company. And it revolves around the fact that the Yerks found this ancient Pemolite crystal. Uh, and the crazy plan, basically, they're going to hook up this computer system to this crystal and they're going to use its computing crystal power to take over every computer in the world. Very dumb, like late '80s, early '90s. I don't understand how computers work. Kind <laughs> Upload of a virus to the plot. mothership. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But they're going to use the Pemolite crystal to do it. But what's special about this Pemolite crystal to Eric uh, is that using this crystal, the Chi could rewrite their programming, right, and uh, and that would allow them to be violent and therefore fight the Yerks directly. Um, and he wants to do this. They actually spell out their motivations. He's like, if humans were to all die to the Yerks, nobody would take care of the dogs, you see. <laughs> so it's very important to him that he can, you know, they, they stood by and watched as the Pemolites died because they weren't able to fight. What is he supposed to do? Stand by and watch while all the dogs die too? No, he's got to fight. So, uh, you know, he wants the Animorphs to go steal this crystal. Um, which is kept in a... Okay, they describe where it's kept. <laughs> it is a completely dark room. 
If even a single photon of light comes in, it'll set off all the alarms. There's trip wires randomly throughout the space, so if you hit any of them, it also sets off all the alarms. Uh, and there's just an unbelievable number of hork guarding it. So you have to get in to this dark room and get through all the wires without being able to see uh, in order to get the crystal without having to fight the hork Um And they don't know how to do it, but Cassie knows, and it's um, it's bats. Uh, <laughs> and it feels like this was just some dumb thing that Kay Applegate specifically designed because she wanted to use bats and didn't know how to... Um, She's like, they have to use him. I, I made up a trap that only a bat can get through. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Chi are, the other Chi are, like, super against this, right? Like, they're really, this Chi Lonos person's, like, really aghast, right? She's like, how how could you even think to to undo our, our centuries, our, you know, of nonviolence? Um, <clears throat> but anyway, in the middle of this, Rachel comes in. <laughs> Yeah, Rachel comes in and she's like trying to fight Eric's dad because they've been down there too long, but he's just kind of got her in a full Nelson. Well, did we say that Rachel was waiting outside the whole time? Yeah, oh yeah, she was waiting outside in case, I think I mentioned it, but she was waiting outside in case something happened. She busts in and and his dad's just like restraining her. So it turns out they're really strong. They If they could fight, they'd be good. Um. So, so yeah, so, you know the Animorphs have to have their little ethical discussion on whether it's okay to do it. And um, it's actually kind of interesting how those lines get drawn, but they don't spend too much time on it because Marco's just like, well, my dad works for Matcom and they're targeting him. So like, what are you going to say? We shouldn't save my dad. So like, they're going to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is once again, this is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. (laughs) Now this is, uh, this is where I drew another comparison to Avatar. Mm. the way of water specifically mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel that these chi are akin to the tulkun they are and eric is a bit like Pyacon. eric is a bit like Pyacon here yeah they they're 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 a strictly nonviolent people although these the the chi have not quite ostracized eric in the way the Pi, that the tulkun ostracized Pyacon. <laughs> yeah it feels like there's a it's it's like there's a small group of like new thinking chi who are all like we need to resist and like the old guard chi i guess they're all the same age but like other more traditional chi are like you can't do it that way or something i guess the chi don't reproduce they're just the same chi yeah have always been around. Uh, you also didn't mention that this crystal comes from a Diang trader. <laughs> yes, a Diang trader who didn't know what he had, but the Yerks knew. So again, just another, just, just decided, <laughs> let's throw in another new alien for you. Why not? Yeah, yeah. You haven't had enough information overload. There's also Diangs, in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, don't forget about the Diangs. <laughs> and yeah, this, this, this device, as you said, that will control all computers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. <laughs> what even in 1997? What's the, uh, what's that even gonna do? I guess I guess probably military is really the biggest thing. Yeah, at that time, but yeah, and and it's not clear how it does this other than just like it's it's so advanced that you just tell it to do that and it does it or something. Like, how do the Yerks know? Like, the Yerks know what this is somehow. I guess <laughs> the Pemolites have been dead. Since like prehistoric times, so they they know it's some hyper advanced tech. I guess they know how to use it. <laughs> I yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. There's a baseline of technology in the rest of the universe that they all kind of use or something. I, I, I don't know. It's just like a battery. It's a MacGuffin is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I do really like the way that Eric cranks this yerk. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. It's funny as hell. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take a yerk in my head. And then this yerk's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to infest mm-hmm. this guy. This is going to rule. <laughs> it's just in a fucking robot head. It's like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Which Eric reveals that he can make Candrona rays himself and just project them internally. So he's got this yerk trapped in like a steel box in his head and just keeps it there forever. And whenever he has to let the yerk out, he just projects a, a yerk into the yerk pool. Which Marco even says like, that's a little bit fucked up. And I was like, nah, fuck you, Marco. I fuck these yerks. I don't give a shit. I think fuck Eric also says that he like taps the yerk's memory without letting it tap his. Yeah. These so androids are insane. Presumably, like the Yurk might also just be in a like a what like a sensory deprivation tank. Like I don't I don't know if he's letting it hear this conversation even. I yeah, no, that's my presumption, is that the Yurk just he went into what he thought was a brain Dear and God. then he got trapped in a sensory deprivation chamber. <laughs> this is like there's a Black Mirror episode where uh, they create uh, a, a an AI version of a person, mm-hmm. and the idea is that this person becomes your digital assistant because it it it's it's like a copy of you, so it's the best possible Alexa because it knows everything you like. Sure. But it's like it has it, it thinks that it's you essentially, but it like lives inside a little computer and it's like to, to, to teach it to comply. He just like presses a button and it's like, eh, I'm just going to make it so like six months pass and they're just like stuck in a void forever. <laughs> And like they're just tortured that way. It's it's fucked up, and that's what this re- kind of reminds me of. That <laughs> you're just you're just faced with nothingness for yeah. eons or whatever it is. Yeah, and Jenny is doing this too, I guess. Chi Jenny or whatever. Oh wait, who's Jenny again? The other girl at the sharing who Eric talked to. Okay, yeah. Dating. But it is funny though. Good good prank, Eric. <laughs> it is a good prank. It's pretty funny. Uh, by the way, this was also, I was just l- looking at my notes. I, I also feel like there's not really enough time to speculate on this because the, the reveal happens in the same book. But I think if Eric were around longer, you might wonder why Eric is spelled kind of weird, as we pointed out. It's one letter away from the word Yerk rearranged. <laughs> That's true. If that didn't come from a contest... Yeah, E-R-E-K really feels like it's a non-subtle clue that this is a yerk, <laughs> you know? Like, it's very <laughs> funny that that just happened to be a guy's name. <laughs> that is that is pretty good. I like that a lot. <laughs> it's uh, too bad. Now, I wanted to talk about Rachel, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you had anything else before the Rachel. No, go ahead. So. Talk about Rachel here. Just, um, Rachel, well, first of all, why, they didn't say that they couldn't, thought speak shouldn't wouldn't they have been sending signals to her being like hey everything's okay you know they never they could have they didn't have a line like the walls must have been reinforced because we couldn't hear rachel anymore <laughs> so i yeah. assume they could have helped her yeah out. and and axe morphs andalite so like they could thought speak back to her uh, i guess that must have been too far underground in the underground she you know, there's also a city-wide uh, yerk pool underground here, in addition to this giant dog park. <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> stuff going on under the city. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so so that was that was weird. But then just the, the fact that she just turns into a bear and just she doesn't just barge in. She like literally breaks through the side of the house. Like yeah. this is just a house on a street in a suburb somewhere, and, yeah. and like in the middle of the day. Well, this is what she did to the cops as an elephant in Megamorphs. <laughs> yeah, but those that was like an abandoned house like in the, in the nighttime. I feel like yeah. th- this is getting news coverage. A bear <laughs> broke into a house. Like, they're going to know this is Animorphs and investigate. I, this seems like she a terrible... will use their tech to um, make the cameras uh, delete the camera footage off the analog cameras they were using. All right, at the you're, time, you're right. That must be what they're going to do. But <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, Rachel, fucking relax. <laughs> it's it is very good, um, and it is uh, also like interesting because they point out they're like, well, what if your dad couldn't have restrained Rachel without hurting her? And it's like, well, then he would have just had to die. <laughs> yeah, like that's, he couldn't. He couldn't. He he can put her in in a full Nelson, but he can't hurt her as yeah. a grizzly bear. Yeah, he would have just died. Yeah, but they are. Uh, they are. These robots are pretty strong. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's a. It's it's a good thing that they're benevolent. Yes. <laughs> it's a little. You know, they're kind. They are basically terminators. Yeah, well, maybe that's a reason. They don't bring that up as a good reason not to make them violent, but you might consider that. What if they become Terminators? Yeah, I'm shocked Marco does not make a Skynet reference. He does. He references Schwarzenegger, but not related to the Chi at all. So that is, yeah, that's true. That is a little odd. Now the 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 breakdown of the characters against it is very interesting to me because, like, you know, uh, obviously. Jake and Jake's like, yeah, sure, we'll make that call. And Rachel's like, yeah, of course we we make them violent. And Marco's like, yeah, we got to save my dad. That's what you do. And of course, Cassie's like, well, no, how could we do that? <laughs> like, what what do you expect? But it's interesting because Axe is all like, well, okay. So I've been breaking the law of Ciro's kindness, helping other, helping you guys, and I'm okay with that because it feels good and it feels noble. <laughs> but like. Of all the reasons to go against my people's tradition and laws, um, <laughs> helping make this peaceful species violent, it seems like the worst possible reason. <laughs> like, X does not feel good about the idea of doing this. Yeah, I mean, he'll do whatever Prince Jake does, so he just immediately gets over it. <laughs> But. Yeah, but he's but he he does voice objections, which is interesting because I didn't remember that and I wasn't expecting him to voice that objection. And Tobias uh, is kind of he's not against it either, but he has this interesting point where he's like, "Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a predator. I know how it is. You gotta kill in order to survive, and and we gotta kill like Yerks and Horkbajir in order to survive. That's how it is. But what if it wasn't how it was? Wouldn't that be better? And the Chi have been surviving." for hundreds of thousands of years like this, you know, wouldn't, isn't that, wouldn't it be good? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like there is some, um, there is some weight to, you know, he says like, don't you wish homo sapiens could face the universe and honestly say, yeah. we do not kill. We do not enslave. We do not make war. Yeah. I, and I do, I, I do, I do like that sentiment. You know, there's a little more mm-hmm. like the chi are also <laughs> like ro- advanced robots who don't die and yeah. like we're programmed to be nice. You know, it's like not a one to one exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, like I said, I, at no point does anybody say 
maybe Cassie would if you pushed her on it, but at no point does anybody say we humans should not do this. Like Tobias's point mm. was, was more along the lines of what if we didn't have, like we do. So right. it's not worth thinking about with us, but what, what if we didn't, you know, Tobias should- is saying, imagine there's no heaven. <laughs> it's right. easy if you try. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, there's a, there's a chi, you know, so you can, it's easy to imagine they're right there. Um, now, I mean, you know how I feel about, I was, as soon as Cassie started in with this moralizing, I was like, Fuck off, Cassie. I don't want to hear mm-hmm. this shit. But mainly, well, first of all, you're like, you're fucking killing Yerks all the time. Like, why is this you're drawing the line? But, but well, here's the th- I would understand it if it weren't for the fact that Eric is a Chi already has shown a desire to help and to fight. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're going in there and manipulating and introducing violence to them. Like, yeah. they are, at least one of them is willing to like wants to make this change. Like you're not, you're not like corrupting the species, you know, that is sort of true. But like, you do have to think about like the legacy of it because the story will be, if they do this, the Chi never did this until the humans gave them the ability to right? like, that is the story. Didn't Um, they have, don't they have the ability to do it? They just don't want to without help or something. No, they they literally are incapable of committing violence. They cannot do it even if they want to. That's why Eric needs the crystal. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think some of this, my my brain, I was a little bit in a fog from this, <laughs> all of this new info that was being dumped on me. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Eric wants to go out there and commit violence to save the world. Yeah. Uh, but he yeah. can't. Right. He, he actively cannot do it. Um, and there, and there is a large contingent of the chi that, that hates it too. But like, you can also reflect back and think about like, what is the chi's responsibility? Like, yeah, they don't have to commit violence to survive. Um, but but they want to, (laughs) but also they do have to commit violence if they want humans to survive, if they want Pemalites to survive, you know, like, isn't there some responsibility to that there? I don't know. This feel like I mean again. This feels like the Tulkun just being. It yeah. feels a little bit like well, if it doesn't hurt us, then mm-hmm. then we're not going to get involved. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it feels selfish. Yeah, I could I could see that. I I I do think of the Chi as being fairly noble in their nonviolence, especially because Eric is helping them right by by provide like infiltrating the Yerks and and all that sort of thing, or he wants to help. But uh, yeah, if they dwelt more on this particular aspect of it. You know, I'm not sure that she come out as the pure good guys here. Yeah, I feel um, like also, I, I, just for me personally, I'm, I don't know that, I feel like just the way it's uh, illustrated in the book is what's making me like side against Cassie. But I don't know that in my uh, personal heart, <laughs> you know, I feel like I maybe ha- have, I don't know, uh, I don't know if a pacifist streak Mm. is the way to put it, but like I could certainly be sympathetic to this idea. Oh yeah. It would be great if none of us fought or killed and had war. And like, I, I I can respect a people that doesn't do any of that, but just the way it's laid out here in this specific situation doesn't quite sway me. Yeah. And they certainly don't dwell on this question. Like everybody voices their concerns but as soon as Marco says, well, my dad's on the line, then it's just like, all right, fine. Fuck it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we um, have to, there's, there's five chapters left. We got to wrap this shit up. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of uh, which. Um, yeah. So let's, let's start to wrap it up. Uh, 
So they thought they had a week to prepare to do this, but it turns out that they have to go uh, the next night with no prep because Eric found out the Yerks are changing the security systems and he doesn't know how, which is what happened last book when we needed to advance the plot at the very end because we spent too much time with the skunks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> uh, okay, so they, you know, Axe and, and Marco are spiders, the rest morph cockroaches, uh, and they go in through the heating system why don't they just uh, all take spiders? Sorry, it doesn't matter. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They just nobody. To be fair, John, if if you were offered an out to not have to morph a spider and not but have a cockroach to have a spider is morph. just as bad to me. Hmm. They're both. Okay. I mean, maybe a spider's I, a little worse, but they're both fucking gross. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but they, you they already had the cockroach morph. If they were like, you want to also have a spider morph, you yeah, I, guess. I could see you being like, no, yeah, no, if it meant no, I didn't you. have to touch it. <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah as as bugs they go through the heating system it's like the stereotypical heist stuff where they're going through the ducts and it's um you know there's some shenanigans in there like they, they get chased by a rat they almost get fried by a courtney furnace. courtney i just uh, thought it might be courtney <laughs> she moved from the school to to matcom yeah That's yeah headcanon <laughs> yeah i think you're right um, but yeah, they get into the room, they morph bats, they echolocate, woo, they find the thing and they zip around, wee bats. Um, and they get to the crystal and they think, um, wait a second, how the hell do we get out? Uh, cause they don't have hands to carry the crystal and they can't use their mouth cause they can't use their echolocation if it's in their mouth. So they go, oops, I guess we fucked up. We'll just have to go battle morphs and fight our way out. <laughs> yeah. I did not think this through. As usual. <laughs> Pretty par for the course. Yes. Um, let's, uh, this may be a good place to talk about, you meant, alluded to it earlier, but this, this trap, this darkness room, yeah, <laughs> this weird tech, which is basically Vanta Black, you know about Vanta Black? Uh, what is this? I've heard this phrase. Vanta Black is this, like the darkest black known to man that supposedly yeah. some guy invented or at least he like discovered or trademarked it somehow. I don't even really know the science of it, but he like owns the color Vanta black, which is like, they use it in NASA for something now. Maybe I don't know, but Mm -hmm. it's a, it's like the darkest dark black that doesn't reflect any light. Basically it's this crazy thing. And that's, I guess what kind of what this is. Uh, I don't, it It seems to me that this crystal would have been safer if they just kept it in Visser 3's desk. <laughs> like, like, I understand they built this elaborate trap, but it's in a room with no one in it and apparently no security cameras. Yeah, and, I mean, like, they have to hook it up so I can't just be in the desk. But yeah, it it does seem weird that they've got, like, dozens of Hork-Bajir guards and no, they all get called in. Functioning? Is it, like, doing something in this room? I don't uh, know if it's doing it yet. I thought that I, I I just thought this was just the this is just like the you know the museum where they keep the thing mm. under glass with lasers around it. I didn't realize I, it was connected to something. I mean, I don't know that it is either, but I I had presumed that this was where it was going to be. Like this, it's in the Matcom building in this room, so they can hook it up to the Matcom systems or something. But I don't know actually. Yeah, I mean that makes a little more sense if that's true. It, Either way, though, instead of putting it in a room with all these ways to trip an alarm that would bring in all the guards, they could just, you know, put all the guards around it. <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I guess that, like, what else are the guards doing? 
you know, they might yeah, as well I, be in there. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, whatever it is, uh, if they keep doing it, Visser 3 is going to cut off their heads, so they should go in that room. Yeah. yeah. Like, it couldn't be that important. <laughs> probably. Probably. I did think this would be a good uh, uh, Metroidvania game. Hmm. You know, it kind of feels like the, all right, I have to get past this wall, so I need to turn into my spider form. Oh, but now I can, now it's dark in this room, so I need to leave until I unlock Bat Morph. And come yeah. back. <laughs> I was know? imagining like a Mission Impossible with uh with bugs oh, or something. As it's I mean the... they they Marco calls it out as Mission Impossible, and it it is a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's which is fun. I mean, it's yeah, it's very much like the heist from the first Mission Impossible movie. Um, there was another reference in here to. Oh no, I think that's later. So maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But hmm. I'll I'll just say but once they're breaking out. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm sim- oversimplifying things, but I just feel like there could have been a a way to do this that wasn't just let's break the hell out in our battle morphs. <laughs> like I feel like they they could have spent Another five minutes just thinking of another, I don't know. I feel like there could have been something. Like, they're morphing in and out of different forms in this room, right? So clearly, they're capable of doing that without triggering an alarm somehow, which also I don't really understand. Yeah, well, (laughs) as long as they don't touch the wires or make light, then it's How do they know where the wires are? (laughs) They're not around the crystal. They're just in the room. They've got, okay. I think it actually says they have two feet of space from the wall to the first wire. So as long as they're like hugged up against the wall. Okay, And there's sure. like pressure sensors on the floor too, but I guess not right at the crystal. I, I don't mean, know. somebody couldn't morph into a bird and like then they could just, I don't know, guide them as a bat or, or morph back into a spider and like web from the ceiling and pick it up with your spider legs. Yeah, like, that is some, true. There's got to be something. The spider could have like webbed it to the bat's back or something. Oh Maybe yeah. Like Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's gotta be something. Put it on a bird's back even and just like hold it. Like there's yeah. something, there's something <laughs> you think for five minutes before just being like, fuck it. Let's Rambo this shit. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the problem with them having made the plan and then being like, next day, we just got to do it. No time to sit with it. <laughs> yeah. Every time. They never think these things through. Yeah. Um, Which, it, like I said, that's like a narrative thing that is, maybe it's just because it's these two books in a row, but it feels a bit overused now to just be like, oh, by the way, you have one day. Uh, because I didn't, <laughs> yeah. if I had made this, if I had said this in chapter three, you would have had a week. But because I said it in chapter 18, you have a day. I mean, it is, they do lampshade it in this one. Marco even is like, I, for once, I thought we'd have a chance to test these out first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. And also, yeah, when they're demorphing, uh, Marco says, have you ever watched those old war movies where the Americans would be heading for some enemy beach? I just like did, did Kay Applegate like just watch Saving Private Ryan or something before writing? Why are there so many like war World War Two references in this book? Yeah, when did Saving Private Ryan come out? Was it I like, like brand that new was, here? I think it was like ninety seven or or ninety eight. Yeah, uh, ninety eight. So actually, it wasn't okay. out yet. But okay, you know, cl- I don't. I just was like, what was what was it was on the brain for her? It seems in this book. Yeah, yeah. No, I I feel that. 
All right. Now what the fuck happens? All right. <laughs> and I really mean that. I wanted I'm asking you. <laughs> what uh, the fuck happens? <laughs> all right. So they all go battle morph. They set off all the alarms. They're like smashing their way out and they get stopped by uh, it says 20 people with automatic weapons and two dozen hork Uh The humans can't, like, shoot because they might hit the crystal and this or they'll kill them, whatever. Um, but, uh, so they all they all have to start fighting. There's, like, dozens of hork and they're outnumbered and they can't possibly win. Uh, and Eric is outside the window looking on helplessly as they're dying. Um... And it's like an extremely gory battle. Uh, Marco gets kicked so hard in the stomach, his like intestines are coming out. Uh, Hork Bajir <laughs> stabs him in the heart. He's like literally dying. Uh, and with his again. last strength, again, with his last strength, he crawls up to the window and smashes his hand through it and gives Eric the crystal. And then he blacks out and uh, he does die. Canonically, Marco just dies here. Yeah. Um, he gives Eric the crystal and dies. Uh, and then he wakes up. And uh, everyone is out of the building, and Eric is off in the corner crying. And we find out that that what happened was that Eric went in, and within about 10 seconds, he killed every single person in the entire building, human and hork all of them. He did it extremely brutally. He just ran in there and ripped them all to pieces. And uh, he restarted Marco's heart, so that's why Marco's alive again. He, like, reattached Axe's severed arm. Um... And, you know, but now Eric is traumatized and he asks Marco, you know, how do you live with what you've done? And Marco's like, oh, you know, with time things fade, but Eric's an android. So, you know, he can never forget. And those memories will always be fresh in his mind forever because he's immortal. So Eric changes his programming back so he can no longer commit violence. And he gives them the crystal and says, I can still infiltrate the Yerks. I can still give you inside information, but I will never fight again. <laughs> so that's what happens. Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So this yes. part of the book makes me go, okay, well, I can sort of, from this side of it, now see the argument of not wanting to you know, corrupt these people into violence. It's clearly has a heavy toll on Eric. Yes. At the same time, who told Eric that he needed to brutally murder everyone <laughs> by ripping them apart? <laughs> there was no other, he's an extremely advanced, very strong robot. I feel like he could have just like knocked him out or at least like, if he's going to kill them, not like rip them into shreds or whatever horrible shit he did. Like, yeah, of course that's going to traumatize you. Uh, there yeah. could have been a slightly less horrible way to do yeah. this. I, I do think that Eric has like, just doesn't really understand violence at all. He was just like, yeah, that's like what you do to solve problems. It'll be fine. Whatever. Like he just doesn't at some level, he didn't comprehend what the hell was up. So he was just like, yeah, I'll just go in and, uh, you know, we'll stop him and, Oops, I, I brutally murdered everybody. You'd think after, like, the first couple, <laughs> he'd be like, oh, I guess I don't need to, I could dial it back a couple notches. Well, like, he, <laughs> they say he did it all within about 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, he just, he just fucking annihilates everything, like. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he Darth Vader in that Rogue One scenes. Yeah. All of them. That's right. With a lot more blood. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, okay. You do it's, you, man. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> it is uh, kind of interesting how they like pose this ethical question: Should we help them uh, fight or not? And then immediately, like it doesn't. Instead of dwelling on it, they just kind of immediately answer it: Oh, he did it, and now he's fucked up forever, so he, they're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little. <laughs> it feels like there's a bit more nuance you could explore here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just in and out, but. Uh, but it, it is what it is. I did also notice that uh, Marco describes Herc Bajir as death on two legs. And earlier, he also describes his spider morph as death on eight legs. <laughs> so mm. that's another little phrase that was r- rolling around to K. Applegate's head at this time. Marco likes his death on legs. <laughs> he uh, sure does. He sure does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess they Axe is death on four legs. All right, continue. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> No, uh, they bring up an interesting point about Eric here, where they ask the question, is Eric intentionally making his hologram cry and look sad to match his emotional state, or is that a subconscious action, and Marco does not know this? Yeah. Which I thought was a fun little detail. I like yeah, that. Yeah, just another fun little thing that could be the spark for an entire novel. <laughs> yeah, just a fun... <laughs> just a little side note. Whether or not androids can feel emotions and if they're yeah. putting on a show or what that means. Yeah, I mean, he certainly can feel it. I just don't know if, like, does he intentionally show it or unintentionally show it? I gotta think, I, I mean, he's been an android for, or he's been, he's been playing as a human for, like, millennia or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe um, it's sunk in. Yeah, and this battle scene here... uh it's, it's one of, it's got, there is like a page long description in here of Marco strangling a hork to death. Um, like yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty gruesome scene, even by Animorph standards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's rough. It's yeah, real it brutal. Has, yeah. Rachel opens up a hork um, quote, like a fish being gutted, unquote. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Says uh, Cassie has red foam flying from her mouth. Uh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> By Animorph standards, even, it's a pretty intense scene. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. I've, I've almost, I've, I've finally, I think, started to become desensitized to the level of violence in those scenes, but. Yeah, I, at a certain point, there. it's just so much. Um, but yeah. Really it, don't hold back. This is also the first time we've seen an Animorph die. Yeah, uh, yeah. Full-on dies. He, he flatliners. It. He flatliners. He sure does. Is that what that movie's called? <laughs> Doesn't there matter. There is a movie called that, right? <laughs> yeah, they like die and come back. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that, that's basically the book. Uh, there's just a little wrap-up where uh, Jake and Marco are playing on the beach with Homer and some other dogs. You know, Eric gives them this uh, secure, untappable phone number so they can call him for info in the future or whatever. And uh, Marco gives Homer the Pemolite crystal, and Homer loses it in the surf playing with it. And it's um, <laughs> it's kind of implied that maybe some, like, Pemolite soul within Homer the dog, like, knew what it was and what to do with it or something in a weird way. It's it's odd. It's a, an odd sort of thing for, like, why didn't Marco just get rid of it or destroy it? He gave it to the dog. I don't know. The dog I, lost it. Why? Why? <laughs> I, I, okay, I kind of understand it's like it's too powerful, so we don't want it to ever fall in the wrong hands or something. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, it feels like you keep this thing. I don't, I don't, it's, they didn't even have a discussion about it. It wasn't like, let's get together as a group. What should we do with this? Should we destroy it? Should we hide it? Should we try to use it? Nah, they're just chilling at the beach. Marco's got it in his pocket. You know, he just threw it in there like a jelly bean. Just like, let me just throw that in my pocket. And, hey, you know, let me give it to Homer. Have fun, boy. Like, what the fuck happened here? I mean, this is why I'm saying it It almost feels like it's implied that this is the, it, that it's like, oh, you give it to Homer because that's the right thing to do because Homer will do whatever the Pemelites would have done and they're the proper, like there's, they don't explicitly say this, but I, that feels thematically like what she's trying to do in yeah, this I, scene. I think you're right, but it's, it's just an bonkers. odd thing. Yeah, <laughs> just it's just it's no, it's logically nonsense. Like it's it's just a he's a fucking dog. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> he's I'm surprised he doesn't just swallow it. I don't. It's, Maybe he did. They don't. They say he ran out in the surf with it and then it was gone. Maybe he ate it. And then Marco's like, yeah, maybe it'll wash up somewhere someday. Yeah, I yeah. hope. I'm sure that's fine. I hope the Yerks don't find it. <laughs> like, it's just fucking. In 50,000 years, a Yang trader, a Dying trader, whatever, will be scouring uh, Earth and, and find it. And it'll be back on the market. <laughs> yeah. I guess so, man. Get your shit together, you Animorphs. Good God. All right. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, story. <laughs> now, I don't know if it comes off this way in every episode because I, you know, part of the fun is picking these things apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it sounds like I, I, I don't know if I gave the impression or not if, that I like didn't like this book or something, but uh, I, I did fly, I like this book a lot. <laughs> Yeah, same. I yeah, I, I feel I, I you like on that. I like the insanity of it, you know. I, I like how fucking crazy it is. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and, and I uh I definitely get that because I'm I I'm absolutely being like what the fuck are they doing? But I love this one. This is a top-tier book. I love Pemelites. I love the chi. <laughs> yeah. They're great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. I I they they are. It's... I want my Pemelite chronicles unbelievable that that's all in there like it's just there it is holy shit <laughs> it sure is all there yeah and i love it when animorphs does something just absolutely crazy out of nowhere which you know we get more <laughs> but i can't even imagine books. yeah i don't i'm like how do they they, they can't do this again how can they keep <laughs> doing this uh, well i mean <laughs> yeah like it'll be a while before we get something this crazy but this is not the craziest book in the series (laughs) okay (laughs) ignoring Uh, the chronicles which all like that throw it all out the window for what you think a book can do in terms of craziness it's a new level can't wait i can't wait yeah uh i guess we can I mean, I will mention there's one goof slash inconsistency on Seropedia. Mm, mm, let's hear this goof. That I think is pretty dumb. <laughs> Which is, oh, actually, no, actually, this is fair. I, I misread this earlier. Eric says the word anamorphs at one point, even though nobody told him that word. But doesn't Visser 3 know that word or does he not know it? No, they... he just calls them Andalite bandits. Oh, yeah. I thought at some point maybe one of them was like, we're the Animorphs, dude. <laughs> uh, but maybe not. Yeah, and that wasn't suspicious to Visser 3 because he's a moron. <laughs> uh, but anyway, there's uh, there's that. 
there's that. That's a good. Uh, you know who I think really probably likes goofs a lot is the Pemelites. They probably do. They love goofs goofing Those around. Ra- I still am not like they describe the Pemelites as two-legged dog-like creatures. Yeah. Is there an illustration of a Pemelite somewhere? I want to know. Not in this book, but maybe. Uh, I'm afraid I, to Google it because I don't want to spoil anything. Mm, but they probably. I, I mean, to be honest. I, I, like, alternatively imagine them either as, like, literally Goofy the dog or as, like, uh, that one <laughs> character from Akewood. The, like, dog guy. Oh. <laughs> I found some, uh, there's some fan art. Okay. just okay. looks like a, a dog furry. Yeah, I'm sure just, they're probably more intended to be dog furries, but. Yeah, it just looks like an anthropomorphized dog just standing up on its legs like Brian or something. <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, that's not that far off either and I, I do want to circle back to the fact that they laugh by going chuck 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 because i think that's important yeah and also the chi look like dogs yeah the chi just look like robot versions of the pemelites i think yeah which i don't i wasn't really picturing that way i don't them that way i don't think but yeah that's that seems to be where the fan art has done is they're just they're just robots of dogs yeah, yeah, they are supposed to be robot dogs, and in several points here, they do mention that they have, like, dog faces in the park. They say when Marco first sees the leg through the hologram as a spider, he says it looks a little bit more like a a dog leg with, like, the weird, like, ankle, knee backwards thing and a paw instead of a foot or something. Dear like God. This. <laughs> this sounds like, like, this just, this, this is what the kind of shit that I, like, made up when I was like eight years old you know it was just like a cray- crayon with, with some paper and like these are the, the aliens they're called the splangos they yeah. came from planet Splapo, and they and you know i was justin roiland also as a kid <laughs> i had a whole series as a kid of aliens I, I had made up a planet i don't remember what it's called but the gimmick of the planet was that every species on the planet had one leg and hopped around on it so i had made like wow. dozens of one-legged aliens I remember wow. one time I made like a one-legged snake because I thought it was funny to add legs to get a one-legged. It's was... <laughs> <laughs> funny. I don't know. I mean, but... if we're going to get into it, I had a race of aliens when I was a kid. They were called the Ubus. Ooh, yeah. I want to hear about I, the Ubus. I had a very specific, um, I, I I could still draw one today. They kind of, they had eyes. They were probably inspired by Animorphs. They had, they looked like they had bunny ears. And they had eyeballs on the tops of their heads without stalks, just the eyeballs. And they were striped, but they stood upright like humans, but they had no mouth, like an Andalite didn't have a mm-hmm. mouth. Sounds yeah. like a kind of Andalite-ish for sure. Yeah, they didn't have um, hands or feet. They just had legs, probably because I couldn't draw hands or feet. Right. And uh, they they came from the planet Bananas. And they were, they had to leave their home planet because it was, uh, there was an evil race called the Galukis. Ooh. And they were like big green guys and they smothered their planet in blankets. Hmm. That's pretty good. That was how they, and I had a whole, it's so stupid that I'm, you made me talk about this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, this is good. We almost were going to finish on time, but now we got to talk about the Ubus. Oh, it was gone a while ago. I knew (laughs) it was hopeless. Uh, It's time to talk about the pop culture references. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get back to the Ubus next time. And it's a Marco book. So you know that there's a lot of them. There are a lot here. Okay. 
Rachel as Xena Warrior Princess. I o- I'm only going to bring that up once per book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I, I think multiple mentions of it don't really need to be. Well, there's there's one multiple mention I need to bring up. You'll see. Okay, but, we'll we'll get there. Uh, yeah. We mentioned Nine Inch Nails, Alanis, and Offspring. Mm-hmm. They, who they just call Offspring? Isn't it the Offspring? I but don't. I, guess, I thought it was. It is. They're just so cool that they call them Offspring. I guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, Stephen King meets Anne Rice creepy. Mm-hmm. Marco describes something as morph spiders. Yeah, morphing probably. Uh, as you said, there are deadheads at the concert, which is a weird. <laughs> a weird call out like for like kids aren't going to know what the who the grateful dead are <laughs> reading this book. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I no no 13-year-old is saying like, "Oh, look at all the deadheads at the concert." That's That's a strictly for the Gen that. X, yeah, or whoever. Yeah. Is it a, she a or, boomer? I don't know what what it is. Yeah, it could be Gen X too, but um uh, also people trying to look cool in their dockers. Mhm. They also mentioned like Oh, yeah. He also says that Jake will go to the concert because he's not 40, which I thought was funny. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, th- he he references that old song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which right, is what so you... dogs say. Mm, yeah. Now, there was one that you skipped here that I wanted. I wasn't sure if you were going to put it in. Okay. Uh, they reference the dumpsters. Oh, and now I did. I almost brought this up in the beginning, but yeah, uh, I did notice the dumpsters. Okay, but yes, <laughs> girls just want to have fun. Dumps, which to be clear, dumpsters is capitalized. Mm-hmm. You can listen to uh, the last Marco book to learn more about the dumpsters if you want. If you haven't listened, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, he says Rachel looks like one of those girls from the cover of Seventeen. He also says she looks like. One of those terrible elf maidens in Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> this has to be Galadriel, right? Like, which other <laughs> terrible elf maiden from Lord of the Rings specifically and not like Silmarillion is this? Yeah. Now, this is a, a departure from before when uh, they just said from that Tolkien book or something. Yes. Or something out of a Tolkien book. This is specifically Tolkien's Lord of the... So you don't get confused that it's someone else's The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And it is, you know, the movies hadn't come out yet. So Marco is going off of the books here. For sure. Yeah. Maybe he was a big fan of the Ralph Bakshi cartoons. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. Marco is the type. Um, uh, He says Cassie does not subscribe to teen or YM, Mm -hmm. which is... Young Miss? I don't know. That's some teen magazine, YM. I don't know what that is. Youth something? Sure. Youth magazine, let's say. Yeah, well, let's say that. Uh, Something about uh, asking Einstein if he knows how to add two plus two. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Saying how smart someone is. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. He, the, Einstein also gets multiple references. Yeah, there's two book. Einstein's references. Um, <laughs> Rachel says that she wants to go look for clues and then says, wow, that sounded so Nancy Drew. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're still in chapter like three here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, of course, uh, you know, they're going to look uh, Eric up in the phone book and Marco says, does Wolverine look things up in the phone book? Does Spider-Man? All right, so I have to stop you on this one. Please do. In my book, yeah. Spider-Man was hyphenated here. I had the same thing. Okay, okay, because there was a line break. So I read it and I was all like, 
did she learn or was this a happy accident? <laughs> now, is now, the M capitalized? Oh, I don't think it is. Because I know that later on, um, later He's, on, she, she does it later. Spider-Man a lot and she does not hyphenate it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So maybe I could have, maybe I just got ahead of myself seeing that hyphen. Uh, I should have just I thought the, the same M. thing. Yeah, but I don't know. My formatting is different than yours. Yeah, so. no, I wasn't sure if you were going to have it because of that. But Yeah, that's why I thought it might be a mistake in mine. So, it, yeah, who knows? Yeah, no, I, it, it's just she just it happened to hit a line break. <laughs> May and it just... be a line break every time in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Rachel says her dad is taking her and her sisters to Planet Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You ever go to Planet Hollywood? I don't think so. I don't, I think they're either gone or there's like one left, but they used to like, there's, they were in Orlando, like any big touristy city. Yeah. It was just a shitty like TGI Fridays, but they had, it was like hard rock cafe, but they had sure. memorabilia of Hollywood on the walls. I loved it as a kid. I thought it was great. <laughs> I remember them being around and I remember them not seeming very interesting to me, but <laughs> it's also, by the way, very much the place a divorced dad will take you. (laughs) (laughs) Add her finger on the pulse there. That's the place. Um, You know how on Star Trek, the aliens are always just humans with a little nose putty and some bad outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and not Andalites, but anyway, there's a Star Trek reference. There we go. Uh, Cassie says Charlotte's web is one of her favorite books. Yeah. Big surprise. I think Marco (laughs) says that. (laughs) That's more Spider-Man. Um, he says that his le- spider legs sprouted out all gumby, unformed. Mm. Yeah. So like, now there's like another gumby. one in here too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like gumby, the like gumby. But what is that? Like they're like clay like. I guess or, so. Or something. Like, I, I mean, gumby unformed is clay, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like clay. Yeah. Now there's I, another one in here too. Uh another Gumby? No, no, another reference here. This is gonna be our longest episode, I think. It is, yeah. <laughs> How did that fucking happen? There was a lot of Pemelites. <laughs> but uh and Ubus. Uh but Marco talks about TWA travel with Animorphs, which is a reference to Transworld Airlines, which ended in two thousand one. Oh, see, I did not. I just thought that was a made-up acronym. Did you yeah, know see, that was a thing, or you looked it I, up? Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, TWA is a real airline, right? I swear to God it is. And so I looked it up, and I was like, okay, it just hasn't existed since 2001. It wasn't wow. It wasn't September 11th. They were bought out in <laughs> January. <laughs> Thank God. Which I wondered maybe. <laughs> 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 Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, yeah, continue past let, Gumby here. Yeah, let's get, let's, let's try to get through the rest of these Finish quickly. Uh, uh, what's his name again? Eric is wearing a Nike shoe, or somebody was. I thought it was Eric. Maybe it was someone else. Probably uh, Eric. Um, he, I guess he quotes Hamlet, of course. Uh, there's a TV on mute in Eric's house showing, quote, pictures from CNN. Pictures. I don't know why it's phrased that way, but that's Odd, what's happening. Yeah. Uh, he compares... Some some trees to pink Brillo pad trees. Mm-hmm. There's also them. Wheaties in Eric's place. Oh shit! I I didn't write that one down. I forgot the Wheaties. Yeah, there's a yeah. box of Wheaties. Wheaties Brillo trees. Yeah, there's um, a lot in this book. <laughs> somebody could turn a Toyota into an aluminum can. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, after he gets to be Spider-Man, now Marco's excited he gets to be Batman. Mm-hmm. And Something uh, like- he also talks about Kibble. Kibble is a reference? Isn't it? I thought that was just a generic term for dog I food. thought Kibble was a brand. That might be you a You know Kleenex what? It's thing. not capitalized. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I think that's just generic. Mmm. I guess I've just been wrong about that. Yeah, it's not canine crunchies. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> something out of be. Mission Impossible. Uh, more Spider-Man, more <laughs> Albert Einstein, more Spider-Man. Uh, it was like a Roadrunner cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get, of course, the Star Wars reference here. Abandon yourself to the Force, Cassie Skywalker. To which mm-hmm. Cassie replies, thanks, Darth, you first. Yeah. Uh, this reads like someone who's never really watched Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is, she's, uh, no Star Wars fan wrote this. <laughs> um, it's clearly a Trekkie-only okay, Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, I, I said they were going to, they went full on Rambo, but Marco actually says they go total Schwarzenegger at the end. Mm-hmm. At least that's when that happens. And then finally, my final one is he later ran into Eric at the 7-Eleven. Yep. Uh, the only other question I had was, I don't know if, here's another one. I don't know if it's a generic term or a brand name that became generic. Is a Frisbee a brand become generic like Kleenex or is it just a thing? I don't know. I, I certainly, I, I don't know. I thought it was generic, but it's, yeah, that could be a thing that started as a trademark. Well, they I, have one of those too. <laughs> well, we're going to need the listeners to let us know. Questions for the listeners this week. Uh, what's a brand name and how do you pronounce P- Piamolite? Yeah. Please email and, uh, us. Did you, know, you finish else? the episode? <laughs> yes, just confirm. Are we alive? And did you make it to the end? You can email us at theyerkyboys at gmail.com or uh, tweet at us or follow us on Twitter at theyerkyboys on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Quince or for some reason you could, if you want, listen to my other podcast, which is called Geeks on Trial, available on YouTube or all podcast platforms wherever you get them. Wow. And you can follow me on Twitter at DogTimesMcGee. Thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next time when we'll be discussing Book 11, The Forgotten, in which Jake turns into a jaguar on the Yerky Boys. (laughs) 